We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 164. Let's roll and roll. We do right into 2024. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Missed you last week. Lost my voice, actually. Needed some time off, too. We needed a vacation from the show. So thanks for tuning back in. But, man, oh, man, turns over the new year, semifinals, championship week. I hope all of you had a great championship week. I famously did. I did. Um, And I will say that a lot of it is luck. You know, there was a little bit of a post about, you know, whether this is all luck or how much of fantasy football is luck, how much is skill. Look, it's it's skill in the long run. It's it's luck in the short term. That's just what it is. I mean, that's I I I, I uh, made a comparison to poker. You know, in any one poker hand, someone gets stupid lucky and beat a pro. But over the course of time, you know, Daniel Negreanu is going to be profitable because he's great at the game. And that's the same thing with fantasy football. You can't take these short sample sizes and let them crush your soul. Uh, my partner. Uh, you know, Chalk, who I'm going to have on the show today, had a few of those, uh, you know, in championship week. And I was like, don't even sweat it. I mean, last year, I'm, I think I'm in 17 leagues, 17 dynasty leagues. I think I was in 16 last year. I won one championship last last year. I had great success during the regular season. I got a lot of teams into the playoffs. I had first round buys. I basically lost every matchup. It was brutal. I got a few teams to the finals and only won one. You know, so it was really brutal. This year, totally different. But, you know, it got me thinking when I thought about, you know, all of that. There was a, a lot of talk about accountability. Our friend Jordan McNamara put out a post that, you know, your, you know, your analyst, if he's afraid to be accountable to, you know, the world and tell people how how much he invested and how much he won or she won, you know, um, maybe you shouldn't trust them. And and I've had this take many, many times. I've always said there's two skills. One may be playing, you know, a certain type of game uh, of fantasy football because there's different disciplines. Let's just face it. Best ball, DFS, dynasty, redraft, all different, okay? And so <clears throat> even in the dynasty streets, there's differences between leagues. You know, how do you play? Is it super flex, one quarterback, shallow league, deep league? you know, deep roster, shallow roster, et cetera, et cetera. And someone might be have a, a more proclivity to winning a certain type. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, 
I'm fine sharing my record. Uh, as a matter of fact, in some ways, I wonder if when you put it out on Twitter, if people think you're bragging or if it's kind of douchey to do it. Um, so sometimes I hesitate to really share too much of that because, you know, that's not necessarily what I'm doing. Oh, check out me, man. I'm fucking awesome at this. But at the same time, yeah, there's a bit of accountability. And sometimes I wonder if my followers are just kind of curious. I think I would be. I'm kind of curious about, you know, uh, Matthew Barry. I saw he put out his leagues and I was like, man, kind of cool. I'll fucking skim through that shit. You know, I don't judge him based on it specifically or whatever, but it's kind of cool to see what kind of leagues he plays in. All that to say, you know, uh, someone else, I forget who, it doesn't matter, had, had, had sort of answered McNamara and said, oh, it was Harstad. And I thought it was kind of interesting. He had a long uh, post about it. In any event, he, he was kind of saying how some people just don't give a shit. You know, you can play in some, – some of you all listening to me right now and listening to this show and who are totally into Dynasty might play in two or three leagues for very minimal money. So it's about – the competition it's about the fun it's about how the gameplay works it's about making trades drafting players competing against longtime friends that's what it is for you and then there's other who are maybe in 50 leagues and they're looking to spend as much as possible trying to find the highest stakes possible and so this information is is literally they're looking for profit they're playing in thousand dollar buy-ins as many as possible some people are leveraging fifty hundred thousand dollars a year into their fantasy leagues or more uh those are two different human beings those are two different you know they're digesting this information in different ways and i don't know i mean i'm not here to judge whether you should play one way or the other but i think that the information is here for fun but it's also here to help someone kind of dominate win some money uh i certainly did win some money this year it was great I'll share it if anybody gives a shit, but ultimately, you know, I won money because we think we have a good process and that's what I'm constantly talking about on here as well as a lot of bullshit and sarcasm and fun because that's what it's all about. But right now I've got chalk coming out. We're going to talk about, you know, the, maybe some of the accountability stuff and all that, but we're going to have a fun show where we talk about the year in review and looking forward. And so we're going to have a pretty deep conversation about who we thought the kind of fun stuff, you know, who the MVP of the fantasy dynasty fantasy uh, season was, who the all-stars would be if you were to make an all-star team for the 2023 dynasty dynasty fantasy season and more shit like that. And uh, let me bring out my man, Chalk, my, my partner here at the Undroppables, Mr. Chalk. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Happy New Year, man. Thanks for having me Happy back. New Year. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it, it was it was it was great texting back and forth. Uh, it was yesterday or day, you know, day, a couple of days ago, and you know, we we both have the same thought, right? Like, it's probably time for a year in review and just you know, catch up. Um, yeah. So, thanks for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I let's start with some fun stuff. You know, I don't know if you have anything to say about the accountability thing before I get there. Um, I know that, you know, y- you struggle with it, too, you know, because we talk about it. It's like I think people care. So, some people I don't know how many I don't really care so much, but I do realize that some people look to us as like hey, these guys are really good at Dynasty. And I, I think we are. I mean, without bragging or whatever. I mean, I, I, I watch you play. I'm I'm. 
I know you're really fucking good at this. You know, I watch you play. I know it. You know, you're not out there tooting your own horn. I'll toot it for you because I think you're that good. Now, that's not to say, like, uh, I don't know. It's not a bragging moment. It's just the truth. Like, you know, I will tell you right now, I lose money every year at best ball. Like, so I'm not, like, sitting here going, dude, I'm the smartest motherfucker. I just have a real good, you know, sense of how Dynasty works and what where the edges are. I don't have that with with best ball. Okay, so I have stuff to learn there. I listen to others for that. But, you know, when it comes to accountability, I, I, do you struggle with it the same way I do or do you have a different uh, point of view? Yeah, no, you know, I agree with Oni. Honestly, I was listening to your, you know, to your, you know, opening monologue there. And I was like nodding my head because I, I, I do feel you know very strongly um, in the ways that you do. And ultimately... You know, I think that accountability is important, right? I think it is important that, hey, you know, I take my lumps, right? If I have these, you know, these takes, if I tell you to go left and the, you know, the direction was actually right, you know, and I, I give you the wrong way, yeah, you know what? Take the L, you know, be accountable. I understand that. You know, to go and post, and, you know, I actually went and posted, oh, I was in this many leagues and I made this many playoffs and this and that. And, yeah. you know, people are giving me some love and I got some hate. And, you know, yeah, I, I'm not going to hide from it. I've orphaned some leagues in the past, right? And, uh, and yeah. if you can ask people have taken my orphans, I've generally orphaned really good teams. The one team yeah. that I happened to orphan was a team that I did not trade any future picks and I was purposely kind of tanking, did not enjoy the league nor the people I was playing with. And I decided to orphan that. Yeah. Of course, being on Twitter, right, you're going to have people coming in and saying, oh, but did you count the orphan, the orph team you orphaned and this and that? And and then I realized, you know what, this is a lightning rod for me being accountable. It's just going to, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a bragging thing to some people, right? To some people, it's fun. Some people, it's serious. Some people take it as like, I'm bragging, my ego is this. And some people take it as, oh, you know, Chalk's really good at what he does. And I just deleted it. I was like, you know what, this is not important to me. Right. Like this right. is not important. It, right. it, if you play with me in the 20 plus 30 leagues I'm in, you know how, how I play. Right. If you That's if you right. play with me, if you read yeah. my articles, you know how I think. Like, I mean, I think yeah. that says enough for me. Like my content speaks to itself. You know, if you don't yeah. want to talk about accountability, go look at fantasy pros, accuracy rankings for all your favorite analysts. I never say yeah, anything about my ranking. But yeah, you want to talk about accountability, go look at your favorite analysts, see how they're ranking on a week to week basis against the 180, 200 other fantasy experts on fantasy pros, you know? Uh, And I'm not even at the top of the list, but hey, I'm putting myself out there and I think that's visible, true accountability. And then the last thing I'll say here is kind of like ROI stuff, you know, kind of, you know, back with the accountability. Well, if you're not making money, like you're not, you're not good at this and this and that it's, you know, and me and Felix actually were talking about this earlier. And to me, Right, this is a hobby, right? And you can spend the time however you want. If you want to make money off your hobby, great. You know, I wouldn't for me, I don't call this a side hustle because the time I put in it doesn't equate to an actual ROI. The people right. that you talked about who spent fifty to hundred thousand dollars are grinding the best ball, the Korans, the people that are taking down the Millie makers, yeah, they do yeah. this and they're living this, right? This is they're yeah. they're diff- that's ROI. Like that's a different breed. We're not yes. we're not that. Like, so for us to sit there and try to calculate ROI because this is a hobby of ours and we spent $500 and I made $1,500, like, to me, that just seems really silly. And it, right. it's just one of those things that fantasy community just gets so bored, man. Like, really, do we need, like, nothing to talk about so we have to go here? Anyway, so that was yeah. my rant. I didn't expect to rant, That's but right. here, here I am. 
No, that's a, I'm glad you did because it it it's you know put it on wax and it is what it is. I think because it's hard because on Twitter you can't say, look, I'm not bragging, but I'm trying to be accountable. I kind of care about this. Of course, I personally take pride in what I do, but I'm not trying to brag, but I'm trying to be accountable. It's like that. How do you say all that? It's like hard to like get that message across that, hey, man, I'm just trying to share it with the people who care. And But the thing that you get to, and, and I've certainly gotten there as I've kind of gotten more Twitter followers is like, who gives a shit? You know, some people are going to hate on you. Some people are going to love on you. And, you know, that's cool. Whatever. Like, you know, I've at first when you first start getting feedback and anything you do, whatever it is, it means a lot. And if someone gives you bad feedback, it really hurts um, because we're human and we have hearts and we care, you know. But then you realize that Twitter is kind of a fake place where people will just see if they can piss you off and fuck with you and troll you. And and so it's like, well, why am I going to get mad about that? That person doesn't even know me. They don't really actually care. I think the people who listen to this show, well, maybe they some of them will care a lot and others could give a shit and wish I would move on to something else right now. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that that's what it's all about is the real connections you have. And you mentioned it. I thought about it with me, like even how I got into you know, dynasty, I played, you know, I played fantasy football for years and years and as many leagues as I could. But of course, you know, as, as the internet age sort of got, you know, more and more, you know, connected, meaning, you know, social media and et cetera, like Twitter, especially, I was able to meet all new people. And when I first started my first dynasty league, I think I lost the first year, then I won four fucking straight. And it was a collection of people that, you know, I knew who played in fantasy football leagues, but just people that I knew, my family, friends of friends, guys who worked, da da da. You know, so it was like, I didn't know if I was any good or if I just ran over some schlubs. I, I really didn't, you know, and so I was like, I wanted to challenge myself and the COVID, right? COVID gave us a, a gift of playing in a ton more leagues. I I joined startups and and then more recently, I, I I upped the ante and started playing a little bit more higher stakes leagues. And and I, I also did the Dynasty Game Theory Invitational, which I thought was I just tried to get the very very like best like high profile like people that I could play with to test myself. And I, I don't you know I don't I and don't you, know how and much you it means. <laughs> and you won. I did win this league. You didn't want to say. I know you didn't want to say. I'm gonna get off. Get off mute. And you won that league, man. I, I commissioned I that league for you. And honestly, it was it was an honor to watch. You had one one loss. I mean, it was a kind of a yeah. you know, kind of a bad bad bounce of the ball type thing. But uh, you Nate almost went, went, wire, went to wire. wire to wire last yeah. year. Yeah, Nate list went wire to wire last year. I he was did. trying to get his record, but I know. you know, and it's really cool to show other people who take it seriously, Scott Connors in that league. And he's obviously fantastic. Danny Kelly is such a real, yeah, that's a thing too, because you play against people and then you realize like how good they are at the game. Like Danny Kelly, awesome person, awesome person, great writer, does such good work for the ringer. Like I really, you know, I look up to him as a, as a person, right. And a professional who knows? He could suck at fucking fantasy football. I would still think those things, but turns out motherfucker can grind, man. And he's a great player. And then you sort of, you know, and you test yourself against people who, you know, supposedly are good. You know, me, you know, I'm supposedly good. Well, let's see this motherfucker, you know, and that's really fun. And, and if you can do that in your own ways on Twitter is a good place to find those communities. I know your chalk leagues, People, those are very competitive. And so it's really fun to sort of test yourself in all these different ways. And, you know, I know there's a lot of high stakes leagues out there that you can get involved in. My, my one, and, th- and you can tell me what you think about this. My one uh, a bit of advice is you don't want to play in like 10 
$20 leagues and one $1,500 league. Does that make sense? Because then you might as well not play in the fucking $10 leagues. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, who gives a shit if you win those? You only need to win that $1,500 league. So I I do recommend stepping up slowly and just kind of, if you're playing in $100 leagues, look for a two dollars $300 league. And because if you have, like I said, if you play in all hundred dollar leagues and you have one, you know, thousand dollar league, it's going to really dwarf those other ones. You're going to only really care about that one. And, and, and you'll be compelled to only care about that one. So just a thing I found as I started to step up. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you there too, right? Because I, I started off, you know, free leagues with buddies, you know, in the smaller buy-ins and over time, get a little more comfortable. And, you know, that's kind of the part of the process, right? I mean, you know, we all kind of yeah. do that, right? We start with small leagues. Yep. And then, like you said, you, you you graduate to bigger ones. And, and for me, I'm a volume guy and I don't I don't want to play all these high stakes and I don't want to report back to my, my wife like, hey, hey, boss, like this is this is this is what <laughs> I, I this is my ROI. Bucks. Yeah, this is my yeah. ROI this year, you know, I put in 1500 and I've made hundred. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I'm, I'm very careful, but yeah, I, I agree. Right. Like you want to make sure that you're upping the ante as you, as you get more comfortable, but, um, always, always play responsibly, of course. Yeah. Play, play with what you're comfortable with. Like, yep. you know, I think a lot of, a lot of people might think, Oh, high stakes leagues. The way I look at it is either they're really good or really rich. <laughs> Cause I've played poker the same way. It's like, you're either playing with pros or rich people. I'd rather play with rich people who are terrible at poker. That's the, the my favorite table to sit at is some rich motherfuckers who have no idea what they're doing. Not pros, you know. So it's a it's a different step up, you know. Our, our the Dynasty Game Theory Invitation I think it's only like fifty or hundred bucks. It's not a not a big game in that way. Although I did win the big game too. The the, the fucking you did. startup Podfather eat it. I took him down. He would, it wasn't even competition. You guys listen on Player Profiler. You can tell him I said it. Absolutely no contest when it comes to me versus Podfather. One zero. Dino game theory. Please end the Shot. show here. End the show. End the show. <laughs> anyway, let's talk. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about some really fun shit that we what we love doing is going back and looking at the season, the year in review. But let's do so right after this. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And welcome back. Um, Year in review. 2023, many of you, uh, you know, it was a strange year, Chuck. It was a strange year. We had a lot of, a lot of injuries, quarterback injuries to a, to, to a degree I've never really thought I'd see. Um, just absolutely strange year for fantasy, for dynasty. Um, there's so many cool stories. I want to get to all of those and more, but I want to start off at the top, and we'll just do the easy one. I think it's a layup, but I'm going to ask you, is there anybody else that you could consider for the fantasy MVP dynasty fantasy MVP than the obvious. No, it's it's got to be it's got to be uh, the RB one, the current RB one uh, in dynasty, uh, Christian McCaffrey, who just 
just weak winner, right? Le- just league winner, weak winner, you know, consistent. Um, I mean, you know, he's not, it looks like he's going to miss this final week, which is nice, right? Because we're, we're all done, right? <laughs> but that, that makes him the MVP, right? He like kind of got through unscathed, knock on wood, and, um, you know, brought home some titles. So yeah, absolutely. Although I would say, you know, a, a honorable mention for the MVP, uh, and it pains me to say this on air, yeah, is Puka yep. Nakua. Yep. Uka. Right, Uka. because just the value, right, and just what he did. And if you look at all these championship rosters, all these teams that I faced in this in the semifinals, it was another Puka. W over the Podfather. By the way, I bet him immediately. He didn't. He didn't take me up on the hundred dollar bet that Puka would outscore Michael Wilson uh, for his career, but I jumped on that uh, with Max. I, I was all in. Max bet. Max bet on that one. Uh, Puka's great. Puka was awesome. I, but I think it's Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is absolutely the man. He was so consistent. What did he? What was that thing, the anytime touchdown score, if you just bet that and then took the winnings and bet that, it turned out to be like a $10 bet would have been like $4 million or some shit. Because he scored every, or whatever. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making, making but like 10 became, you know, whatever. Yeah. And like it just doubled every week because you would have fucking pressed it every week. It was a winner. And and that's crazy that that would even be the case because eventually you're not going to score a touchdown. But if you just bet yes, touchdown score every week, he did something crazy in that regard. So yeah, he was just so so good. The team was so so good. They you know Brock Purdy obviously was so efficient that it helped uh, McCaffrey you know score more fantasy points because they were in the in the scoring zone more often. Um, they had to run out the clock. I mean, he's just involved in every game script, whether they're running out the clock or playing from behind. They weren't playing from behind very often. But, yeah, just an abs- concentrated target share. You know, everybody, it's just basically the, you know, Debo, IU, Kittle, McCaffrey. It's just w- what a team, man. Just an absolute dream set up for McCaffrey. He killed it. He won the league. I think he was the number one player uh, to be rostered uh, in, you know, on Super Bowl rosters across all platforms, Sleeper, Yahoo, he was the man. So, congratulations, Christian McCaffrey, 2023 Dynasty Fantasy Football MVP, no doubt about it. I think it's a it's pretty clear. But let's talk about something that I think is a little bit more fun. If you were making a lineup, you know, you would have to look at okay, who's the the MVP? Excuse me, the the All Star team. You know, we'll do a like quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, couple flexes or whatever. We'll, we'll have some flex conversation, but the the quarterback's a little bit tough because I've got a couple of guys that are my probably my two most rostered, you know, um, quarterbacks are I think the two that are up for this award. Who do you have as the dynasty quarterback one for the All Star team? I got Lamar Jackson. Yeah. The real life and the fantasy MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Lamar was great. I, You know, it's funny because I, I, when I thought about this sort of all-star team too, I thought about like cost, right? And that's what made me think of Dak. I thought Dak was, in my opinion, you know, the, the fantasy MVP in a lot of ways because he, I think he was the quarterback three overall or two or three in total fantasy points. So that's really good. But he also came from, you know, a little bit further back. You know, you didn't have to spend a first round startup pick. I got him in the second round of a startup, you know, so you were able to sort of get Dak at value where you got him. You were probably able to trade for him at value. He was, 
you know, he had a really bad season. If there's probably a lot of Dak trades uh, in the off season, but I would say there probably were some pretty aggressive Lamar trades too, because where is he going to play? Is he going to hold out? Is he going to? So both those guys came from not nowhere, of course, but you know, from the back of the pack to win you your league. I would definitely agree that you know, if we're going to say it's Lamar one, would you agree that it's Dak two? Oh yeah, it's like one A one B. Like Dak was my other choice, you know, and like I saw your yeah. list, and you know, I was like, yeah, Dak's the other one. You, you were on Dak since day one and I, and I've been on Dak with you, right. On that ride, you know, up through the ups and downs. Like, I mean, Dak's like, just like you, one of my most rostered quarterbacks in dynasty. Right. And it honestly, it is your fault that it, he is. Uh, and I, yeah. I was kind of like annoyed over the last maybe two seasons. Cause like I had the Dak CD stack like everywhere. And like, I had, Paul, like I had the Cowboys like everywhere, Dak CD Ferguson, Pollard, like every team, right. Like everywhere. And Pollard, I mean, obviously a complete bust. We'll get to him later. We're going to be talking about him but later. But yeah, Dak, I mean, my teams, and I was successful this year because of that Dak, right? Dak and CD and yeah, and Dak was awesome. So thank you. And yeah, he was going late second round in startups. Lamar was even dropping to late first, early second. Um, yeah, so they were both valuable. But yeah, to your point, ADP value-wise, Dak definitely gets the nod. Absolutely. Um, obviously we have CMC at one of the running backs. I think the other running back is clear. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Rams offense, man, I think Dwayne McFarland had tweeted something about the Rams today about just like, look at Kyron and Puka and Cooper cup and Stafford. I mean, this is the goal. I was going to say Stafford's the other quarterback that we should mention, right? right? Because he came from literally nowhere to do this. I don't mean to interrupt you, but you're right. The whole offense keep going, but like yeah. Stafford also honorable mention at the quarterback spot. Yeah, like he's free. You know, he was literally yeah. free. I mean, so yeah, to have that, but yeah, Kyron Williams, um, man, like our boy Tommy, uh, I know he was on Kyron like way back, yeah. like back in college as a prospect. And um yeah, man, it just came out of nowhere. And it's seriously, I, I'm so bummed that I slept on on Kyron and, and redraft. I, I slept on him in Dynasty. Um, pretty much had like no exposure. I was able to trade for him in a league and I ended up winning yep. that league. Right. So yeah, it's so, like these guys yeah, me that you mentioning, yeah. it's like, yeah, like I'm winning these leagues because of these guys. So yes, I won the dynasty game theory invitational maybe because of Kyron Williams. I had CMC Kyron stack FT dubs motherfucker. Goodness. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, a Purdy, I had Purdy too, which is another quarterback that I think could be an honorable mention. Obviously Purdy and Stafford, if you're talking under the radar, my gosh, those are the those are the quarterbacks. Obviously, Josh Allen was great. Really hard to pick a quarterback. I know that some people are like, "What about Josh Allen?" Um, you know, so yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, the Kyron situation. You know, Chuck, I was thinking about Kyron and what we can learn from the Kyron Williams thing. We we utilize, you know, some of the analytics that we use to to sort of look at running backs has usually been size. You know, we want bigger backs and we want them to be fast. And I'm not saying that Kyron is all of a sudden an elite back, but I think in a lot of ways we can look back. And the reason that Tommy was such a big fan is because he's a film guy. And if you watch Kyron play at Notre Dame and at the senior bowl and this year, he's awesome. He's not an electric player. He doesn't run away from anybody. But his feet are incredible. He's an absolutely incredible, 
tactician and technician at the running back position. He's tough. He knows where he's going. He's a great pass blocker, keeping him on the on the field at all times. Um, he, he, you know, coaches obviously dig him. Uh, he's a winner. He's a great, great running back. Just without elite, um, you know, physical gifts. And I think that maybe you know you and I can can learn something there. I, it's hard because there's a lot of you know duds that sort of quote unquote analytically look like Kyron Williams, but. They may not have been the player that he was. I remember when we were doing mock drafts when Kyron Williams was a rookie before he ran the horrid uh, 40 time. We had him in like in the first round. If you remember, I picked him in a couple first rounds. And I actually looked back at some of those before this season. I was like, dude, that's embarrassing. I picked Kyron Williams in a fucking mock draft. As a, there was like an expert's mock draft on Twitter. You can go back and look. And it's like, I took him. And I'm like, oh, my God, what a fucking terror. I look like an idiot. And now I look like a genius, you know, so it's like, you know, I don't know. I guess what I'm getting at is there's stuff to be learned there, eh? Absolutely, man. You know, I think this offseason is something that we'll, we'll have to really take a look at what you exactly we talked about. And maybe there is a data point that we're missing, right? And maybe it's a, a film data point that we have to go to Tommy and some of our buddies that, that grind the film. Uh, Felix and, you know, Ray, you know, some of our, our buddies. Jetpack. Um, yeah, Jetpack. and. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of like Ramondre last season too, right? Like, because yeah. Ramondre as a prospect wasn't explosive. I, I remember I wasn't on him because he wasn't explosive. He wasn't a fast, he wasn't a fast like explosive running back, and I missed on Ramondre. Right. And I remember Felix. I, I think I was on the show with you and Felix and maybe Wilsey. I think we did like a show way back, and you know, we 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 talked about Ramondre, but. You know, maybe there is some there, there is something there. It's not maybe there is something there that we yeah. have to look back and you know these bigger backs that play the game differently you know what are we missing because yeah i don't want to miss these guys because they are falling to the end of rookie drafts right so these are these are like kind of gold like these are like the uh, rookie gold here yeah and i think it comes down to like a little bit of scott connor um you know says uh, any running back on a on a on a a 64 uh, uh, 53 excuse me any running back on a 53 you know any any running back that's rostered and on a depth chart is worth rostering in your dynasty leagues and you know, maybe you just never know who it's going to be, you know, whether it's a Keaton Mitchell. Now it's Justice Hill had a big week. Justice Hill had a big week in the championship week. And I, you know, I played a couple of deep leagues. I was, I, 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 I played Noah Brown over Najee Harris and still won a title, which really felt good that I didn't fuck that up. Um, by the way, I didn't play Najee both, both weeks there. You saw me. You, I know you were helping me in the semis, but, but like you see, like, um, <laughs> that was hilarious. But, uh, but I had Justice Hill, too, and I'm like, you know, he's going to get some run. And, you know, and who the hell was Justice Hill for the last two years? Nobody. But here he is, you know, popping up in a spot where you could have utilized him. It's hard with the running backs to know exactly when, you know, they're going to play, when they're going to get the requisite touches. But I think with a little bit more split backfields and fewer and fewer sort of absolute top-tier studs, you're just looking for, you know, a guy who's going to get you 10 to 15, 10 to 12 carries and a couple of targets. If you get that, you're like, all right, I can shove him in a flex. Um, and then when that guy becomes Kyron Williams and is like literally the, the second best running back in the entire league, well, well, that's just all found money. But, you know, even if Kyron was a, you know, a 50-50 back with some other player, he would still have value as long as he gets on the field. Yeah, I like that. I like that point you made about um, 
what what Scott said about rostering backs, right? Because like Zach Moss, like there's so many guys this season, right? Zamir White, you know. I mean, we can just go on and on Devin about Singletary and Zach Moss. Yeah, right. Just random guys like that yeah. just popped out of nowhere and they're producing like 15, 20 point weeks and <laughs> just winning weeks for you. You know, Zamir yeah. White just you know the the final stretch in the playoffs. I mean, he was starting. Jacobs out and you know putting up fifteen po- points a game. I mean, that's pretty pretty solid at this this point of year. So yeah, no doubt. And uh, that that's 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 it. So Kyron and Christian McCaffrey. There were some other the other running backs. What about what about the wide receivers? If you could pick two, it sounds like Puka's one of them. Yeah, I think I know the other. Yeah, I think I know the other. Yeah, guy. it's got it's got to be our boy <laughs> CD, right? I mean, the stack, yeah. right? We got to complete the stack there. Um, yeah. Incredible season, man. Goodness. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously a lot of people are like waiting to hear the Tyreek Hill answer, and certainly you could say Tyreek, but Tyreek got hurt at the worst possible time so it's hard to make him an all-star because if you rostered Tyreek he only got you there he didn't put you over you know you could say Amari Cooper got you over you know um I wonder how many people had Amari Cooper on the bench I actually moved ahead in the semis because uh Theo Greminger and uh Dan Williamson had uh George Pickens on the bench in the big game. So they, oh, they will rue the day. Wow. They will rue wow. the day. I know. I, and but, who but, can blame yeah, them necessarily? Yeah, I had Pickens on the bench, you know, everywhere too. I mean, yeah. You weren't going to play him. Yeah, you know? what, one catch the week before or yeah. something? Like, yeah, it was just bad. Yeah. So, but Puka and CD. CD in the in the DAC, CD stack was definitely a, a way to go. And, and I think uh, Puka was definitely another one, especially when you talk about dynasty, obviously, even if it's not dynasty, I guess if you waiver wired Puka in week one and then just rode him all year, you had this extra wide receiver one. It's like having an extra second round pick in a redraft league or something, you know, it's like just, Oh yeah, just give me Garrett Wilson or whatever. You know, it's like, boom, you know, you just get this automatic RB, uh, wide receiver one, such a, such an advantage to have, you know, won the Puka Nakua sweepstakes this oh, year. Oh yeah, I was in a redraft league and someone got Puka and Kyron, and I just basically, Ooh. I basically checked out. Like at that point, I was like, I'm done. Like there's no, there's no point. You know, I mean, I still tried, but it was one of those like, all right, this guy, he just ran away with it. You know, I think. Nice. Yeah, yeah he that's just, the way to go. <laughs> he got both. Oh my goodness, man! I tried to get, I tried to get Kyron, but he outbid me. I'm like, how did you outbid me? But then, because he got Puka for free, so he had all the money. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. Fuck, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, brutal. Brutal. I, so I, I think it's. I think. I think we're we're okay here with Dak, McCaffrey, Kyron, CD to to finish the stack, Puka. Who's the tight end? That won everybody the money this year. Who's the tight end? Oh man! So you know, Sam Laporta, but then is in there in the conversation. Um, but you know, got got to think about David Njoku, the prince man, call. right? Like yeah. he just he's been such a disappointment for like how many seasons? Like seven seasons or I don't even know. Is it really been like six, seven seasons, maybe longer? It's, it's too many. Yeah. It's too crazy. many. Right. I'll have to look actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he finally just went nuclear and obviously with the Flacco thing and that connection, it helped a ton, but, um, yeah, I, I wrote him through, man, throughout the season. I mean, you know, Sam Laporta, I know we talked to before the show, and you know, he's definitely in that conversation. So we can debate this or figure out, like, who it is. And then, you know, like and then we're talking about value, right? And we 
I mean, I gotta figure out the episode we talked, but the Trey McBride stuff, right? Like rewind yeah. back to like beginning of the season, off season, like talking about Trey McBride, and you better have him on your yes. team because he's about to go off. And sure yep. enough, he went off. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, obviously Trey McBride. You know, I I, I, I famously called Trey McBride, and I, the only thing I got wrong about Trey McBride is when. You know, I just thought that they were gonna move on from Zach Ertz early, and they should have. As it turns out, they fucked it up. They should have traded Zach Ertz when he had you know, utility, but once he had hurt himself the second time and was coming back from injury late in the season and they're like, Zach hurts anybody for a playoff run? Everybody's like, no, we're we're good, bro. We're going to fucking not trade for Zach Ertz. But had they done it earlier in the year, I think they could have gotten something for him. You know, just, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think once he played a good game, it was like, trade him immediately. As soon as he could get anything, fetch anything. Because here's the thing, that what they didn't realize, or maybe they did realize it, but Zach Ertz was preventing Trey McBride. You know what I mean? That was the thing. I was like, I thought for sure Trey McBride was going to get his chance and Zach Ertz was going to be the the 30% player. You know, I thought it was going to be 70, 80% Trey McBride starting tight end, go get him. And then, you know, Zach Ertz as a sort of fill-in, extra pass-down body, you know, older veteran guy who can sort of help along the way. But no, they just parked fucking McBride on the bench and gave it all to Zach Ertz early in the season, which didn't make any sense to me at all. That I got wrong. But the fact that Trey McBride was a superstar in waiting, I got that right. And I felt like he had some really good underlying metrics that, that were showing that he was going to be great. So, yeah, you're right. We, we talked about Trey McBride. We loved Sam Laporta. We liked Sam Laporta really as tight end one in the class, um, you know, sort of post-draft. I mean, you know, we, we may have been a little bit slower to it, but once the, the NFL draft happened – we started to really push him up and up and up. He was a riser for us the whole way, so much so that I drafted zero Michael Mayer uh, and I think only one Dalton Kincaid because I knew I, I was targeting Musgrave and Laporta later. Um, so, yeah, th- those those types of moves, I know a lot of our followers and listeners uh, profited big time at the tight end position. I did kind of call a little bit of uh, David and Joko on the pot a couple of times, um, and unfortunately I think I made another mistake. Oh, oh, oh uh, uh, one of them I got wrong. Oh, I said you could go by John Smith. That one was wrong. Sorry about that. Yeah. I, <laughs> whoops. Um, but you know, I thought that was great. So definitely I'm going to go with you and, and, and say David and Joku because he was probably parking on someone's, you know, just on someone's roster, you know, Sam Laporta obviously was definitely a win if you drafted him, but if you were, if you were rostering David and Joker, you probably picked him up for almost nothing, drafted him for almost nothing. He was definitely cheaper than even Sam Laporta was this off season. Yep. Yep. He was definitely cheaper. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I think you led your, your listeners the right way overall for the tight ends, uh, especially with this new kind of era of tight ends coming in. So, you know, exciting times, I think, for everybody involved here. Yeah, no doubt. What about some flexes? Who are some of the, you know, flexes, honorable mentions, however you want to look at it? Who are some of the guys that you think, you know, we should definitely be mentioning here right now that, that won people their leagues? Yeah, man. Um, there's some really random names. I was kind of going through a, um, a list yeah. before. Um, Mike Evans. Right. No, yeah. Uh, w, yeah. WR seven and PPR w, uh, eighth and points per game. Um, you know, Devonte Adams had an up and down year, but I still think he's kind of like an honorable mention just because like overall he still put up, you know, WR one numbers. I mean, he was expensive, right? So I think that's like the 
the kind of the water down yeah, the counter, the counter. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to mention, and, and this is more of a dynasty thing uh, for your listeners. Um, if you can maybe go and try to shake loose the Devonte Adams for one of your good dynasty teams, a rod, yeah. He's probably going to want Adams in New York. Ooh, good call. Adams probably want to get out of Las Vegas. There's something kind of possibly brewing there. Um, Adams still got some juice in him, man. So if you can get him, you know, I mean, don't break the bank, um, but feel it out, right? Maybe rookie draft, like you got like a mid-second and maybe an earlier second. Like who knows, right? Just – yeah, that, that, I think so. That, that might not be the only piece you send, but that might be a really strong piece to kind of, and then you add in something really small on top, and then you get Devontae Adams, right? And then the argument is, right. the argument is, hey, he's thirty-one, whatever, he's old, he's crusty, like let me get him, you know? Yeah, um, no, that's a good one. I, you know, you'll, you, you're right. You're kind of want to make that deal maybe before the draft. I normally yeah. say, uh, make these plays, you know before but the problem is is you're gonna have free agency happen before the draft and there could be that that spike for adam's value so you'll want to strike before the the you know it comes out oh he's going to you know new york then it then it becomes too expensive again oh yeah i know what you're trying to do exactly exactly so you know you know they'll see it coming but you know yeah if you can be like hey man i got the looks like the 204 man that's a fucking good pick i mean yeah, how about that for Adams? And maybe they say yes. Maybe yeah. they say no. I need a little bit more. Okay. Well, look, that's the best pick I can get rid of. I'm not giving you the 108 or whatever. It is. Yeah, exactly. 104, whatever you got. But I'll add a future third or you know whatever. Right? And all of a sudden you're like, all right, cool, nailed it. But um, yeah, I agree. He could be a a, a winning piece next year. A, a Mike Evans type, uh, you know, piece where you you can trade him for a second, and he can return wide receiver one you know, league winning upside for next year. It's definitely possible. I like that take. Yeah. yeah uh, so who that, else you got? Um, And then like, you know, Raheem Mostert, but then he didn't finish off, right? He didn't get yes. it. Kind of, he didn't get us there, but like he was a name that yes. kept cre- creeping up. Like, goodness, right? Like this guy's like the, the poor man's Christian Dude. McCaffrey. This guy just keeps scoring touchdowns. Dude, Raheem Mostert would have <laughs> been the, for sure in there with Kyron, but he fucking doesn't yeah. play the, the finals. I yeah, mean, I know. you know, I mean, it's a really tough, argument to make that he's although he did get a lot of teams to the finals he just did yeah it's just hard to call him this yeah he's yep. definitely an honorable but he, mention, honorable mention. Sure, and then uh Rashad yeah. White you know like you know that's yeah. someone that we've been really high on and we were like hey yeah. he's gonna get the volume like he got the skill set like he's finally the Tampa Bay running back that <laughs> he actually came through on the promise right like you know we went through Rojo we did the Keyshawn Vaughn experiment and we're finally like oh you know, Rashad White, and he finally came through. So um, kudos yeah. to Rashad, uh, Rashad White. So I think those are yeah, some the, of the names. The other that one I, I had was the other one I had was Amon Ra. Yep. You know, Amon Ra was just so consistent. You know, he's just there every single week. You know, like he, just because the targets are there. You know, he's like a combination of like C.D. Lamb and Deontay Johnson or something. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like he has these kind of big plays. He's not quite C.D. Lamb big play guy, but he's not just a target only guy he's also a red zone weapon and yeah he's just a really really solid play every single week so for me if like if you're rostering amon Ra, you know uh like cd you know that was that was probably that probably got you there for sure yeah that's a good call i, I like amon Ra um as a as a flex play in our, on our all-star team there cool so now we go to the sadness 
And the only the only thing that we really can't do with the duds, the dud all star, uh, is is say injuries, you know, because obviously you can be like Joe Burrow, fuck me, bro. It's like, yeah, I get it. Kirk Cousins, I get it. I, you know, don't do that. So basically, outside of like injuries, I know some of them may have been injured here and there or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, when they got injured, it actually helped your team type of thing, you know? You're like, thank God this motherfucker got hurt. I don't have to think about playing him anymore. Those all stars, um, you know, and maybe I'm being a little unfair, but I couldn't think of anybody more disappointing this year at the quarterback position than my boy, Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, I, he dealt with a lot of injuries. I mean, he really did. He got fucking knocked around. I think the offensive line is not very good. Uh, the weapons were definitely overstated for sure. and We'll get there. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think, you know, I think he was a big, big disappointment. He didn't win you anything. He only tantalized you a little bit and then let you down at the very end when he was a, you know, a scratch or a, you know, or a play and then play shitty. So yeah, Trevor Lawrence, thanks for nothing. Yeah, I agree, man. He um, totally let down after last season. Um, you know, he was like a mid round ish quarterback pick for redraft teams and dynasty leagues. That was a, you know, very, you know, promising, you know, year coming up, you know, with, kind of what he did last year and yeah just total dud so bummer on that you got it you got anybody else because i mean i i can't even think of anybody i can't else think of anyone else i mean because everybody else kind of expected you know and we're, we're kind of yeah. discounting the injuries so i can't you know we can't you know include like justin Fields or something um yeah maybe kenny pickett maybe pickett yeah i mean like geno smith i mean that was, he, he was geno was kind of yeah. geno got hurt then but even before he got hurt he was pretty pretty meh you know yeah yeah, I don't know if we're forgetting anybody else, but if we no, did, you know, you can add us. Feel free. So. Yeah, I don't think so. At the fuck out of chalk with this shit. Please. Just add him. Please. Yeah. <clears throat> Running back. I mean, the king that was promised. <laughs> the prince that was promised? Is that what it is? The prince that the was prince promised. The prince that was promised was a fucking turd on the doorstep. The Tony Pollard doorstep paper bag turd. Goodness. Could be a show title. My goodness fucking gracious, Tony Pollard. Definitely cost me. Yeah, definitely cost me a few, right? You know, in the semis or whatever. Yeah, Tony Pollard, just terrible season, man. So inconsistent. Um, teased us at the end a little bit, like, oh, he, yeah, look, he's finally going to do what he's going to do, and then didn't. Uh, and then it became yeah. a total train wreck from there. So, um, thanks, Tony Pollard, for nothing. Yeah, thanks, Tony Pollard. Bag of shit on your doorstep, Tony Pollard. That's what it was. I mean, it was, it's really bad because now if you're holding – is it time to buy low on Tony Pollard? Is that possible? I mean, he's a little older than you think too. He's like old. He's like 26 or something. He is 26. Is he going to get a fucking contract? Like is he going to get – you know, I always think, is he going to get a chair? Like, you know, RB1 chair. There's 32 of them. That's it. That's the fucking number. You know. No, he's or, not. I don't think he's going to be – I don't think he's going to be the RB1. I think, I think teams will see and be – and – See, like, hey, well, if you put him behind like a Zeke type back, like, look how he did, and then you put him by himself, look what he did. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know if he's going to get that one chair anymore. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, probably not a buy low necessarily. No, I mean, I would maybe, maybe consider it, but 
there's probably some better options out there. We'll have to wait and see. Is on he that. more? Is he more Miles Sanders? He he is, man. I mean, Miles Miles Sanders, uh, he belongs on this list too, right? Um, Dude, fuck yeah, dude. yeah, he does, man. He's he's awful, just awful. like yeah. I mean, terrible season, man. Goodness, yeah. getting replaced Chuba by Chuba. Better, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I remember when Chuba was good too. I mean, he was good this year, but you know, it's like definitely ignominious, uh, unceremonious. Fucking get the hell out of here. Miles Sanders, maybe Tony Pollard's closer to Miles Sanders than than he was to, you know, an elite running back. I mean, who knows? I mean, he's fast, but he's probably just not that good. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it is. Could be. Who's the other running back you got? I I know you've seen mine, but is do you oh have yeah. Else I mean, it, it, it is him. Man. I benched him. I benched him in my in my leagues. You know, like it's yeah. it's, it's the dead horse, man. You got to beat the dead yeah. horse. <laughs> beat the dead horse and the dead horse is Austin Eckler. Yeah. Really, really rough because, you know, of course I, I looked at the schedule and I was like, dude, Eckler's going to come back. He's going to have this fucking, and then Justin Herbert gets hurt too, which also did not help obviously, you know, and then, you know, Eckler looked like he was dragging two baby pianos behind him or whatever. Like baby grand, is that what they're called? Baby grand pianos. People fucking Google searching my fucking (laughs) English over here. They're baby grand pianos, fucking Falcone, you fucking weirdo. So baby grand pianos, two of them. Austin Eckler was dragging those behind his dead horse. So, yeah, Eckler was awful fucking, you know, because he's also really hurt teams because I think if they went after him, they were, he, he was a win-now piece, right? Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, you know what? It's Travis Etienne type of thing where it's like, wasn't all that good, but had some good games. But, you know, there's next year. You know, I got him next year. No, you're thinking this could be fucking over. I was trying to win this year. I had, you know, McCaffrey and fucking Eckler, and Eckler fucking sucked, you know. So, yeah, I think Eckler definitely hurts a lot of teams right now. A lot of people nodding vigorously as we fucking say this. So, yeah, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Trevor Lawrence. Hey, did, That's what I got to say. Did, did Melvin Gordon outscore Austin Eckler in championship week? Holy fuck. <laughs> Is that right? Melvin Gordon scored that touchdown at the end, didn't he? I think I saw that. Oh my god. That's great. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> there you go. There there that says it all. In championship week, Melvin Gordon outscored Austin Eckler. There you go. Congratulations, Austin Eckler owners. You won Jack Squat. What about uh I did win a chip with uh, with Austin Eckler on my team, and he, and he was starting. It's that fourteen team. Uh, it's like fourteen teams start fourteen. It's ridiculous. What? It's ridiculous deep, and so like there's like four teams. There's the one team I beat in the in the in the Super Bowl is so stacked it's ridiculous, but just kind of ran a little bit bad. He was the number one scoring team. I was the number one, uh, you know, uh, most wins or whatever, but. Um, yeah, I had like I had McCaffrey, of course, A Chain, you know, uh Eckler. And it's a big play sort of scoring thing. So I have like Gabe Davis and he usually does does good things for that team. And like it's like crazy. It's like so deep. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. I think it's start fourteen I maybe at least fourteen. It's crazy. So like, yeah, everybody's everybody plays. So of course I'm not gonna bench Eckler because nobody has enough bench to ever consider not playing a player like that. So I don't, I don't even know what he did, but he did just enough, I guess. He was alive. That's all I can say. The only the only team that won with Austin Eckler. What about wide receiver? Um, I mean, 
Calvin Ridley's got to be in that conversation, right? I think I think yeah. you had him on the list. I think he has to be in the conversation. He was so up and down, and he was another prince that was promised, right? He had that uh, article on uh, what was it, the uh, Players Tribune, uh, kind of that that story he wrote about the suspension, yeah. and everyone was behind him. Like he said, he's gonna go for eighteen hundred yards and and light the world on fire, and and I was behind him, you know. But yeah, good for him. Yeah, good for him. But you know, thanks. No. <laughs> thanks yeah, for no nothing. thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for nothing. I, look, he may have not been that good to begin with, you know, I mean, it's just possible that he's just a good player, not a great player. I, I think that's most likely actually, um, you know, and also we talked about the time off, you know, I, I made the joke that when you're, when you're rehabbing from an injury, you're like exercising and rehabbing and working when you're just fucking suspended, you're just chilling. So I don't know like how hard he worked, but he actually looked like he was in pretty good shape, I, I guess. I mean, some of this was Trevor. Some of this was the offensive line. Some of this is maybe just really ain't that good. You know, I mean, when I say ain't that good, I mean, he's way better than me. I mean, you know, I'm not – this isn't like I think I'm better than – but, you know, just he's probably just a, you know, top 50 wide receiver in the NFL, which is really fucking amazing, but not good enough. I agree. Calvin Ridley sucked balls. Um I've got the triumvirate I want to go with right here. So wide receiver, tight end, and flex. On Billy Muzio's show at the very beginning of the season, before the season, excuse me, he asked me for three cells. And I gave him three cell candidates that made this list, for me anyway. And one was wide receiver Drake London. Two was tight end Kyle Pitts, and three was running back and blasphemous for me to even say this running back, but Bijan Robinson. I was advocating selling all three of these pieces before the season, and motherfucker was I right. That one was the greatest take. Go watch the tape because I said that this is it. I liked all three players, but that all three of them – the value was exceeding the performance that we were going to see this year. And that's exactly right. And actually the hardest one to put on that list for me was Bijan, but it should have been the easiest one. And you, my friend, also said something very similar about Bijan, just in a dynasty sense. But I was saying it in any sense, like sell Bijan, and it's hard, hard, hard to do. But I said anything less than an RB1 or RB2 or 3 maybe overall season, and Bijan loses value, guess what happened? Exactly that. Yeah, man, dude, that's 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 amazing. Those three that you just nailed. Um, I mean, because right now in Dynasty, those are probably three of the scariest high end assets that you can be holding right now. Yeah, like literally, right? Bijan Robinson, I love that. I love that player. Right? I mean, yeah, I have a ton of him. Right? I traded for him in some spots, or I, you know, I I I managed my teams to get him. Right? Um, just like you did, and like I like like you mentioned, I I did famously state and get roasted on Twitter for saying, if you're in a rebuild, you don't need Bijan Robinson. You need to figure a way to trade him. Um, and then people came back and said, why would you do something like that? You just pl- you just hold him. He's going to gain value, and he's guaranteed to gain value over time. And to your point, he doesn't get a top three running back uh, season, then his value is going to drop. And I mean, it's it's scary just to see that situation right now. Until we see Arthur Smith gone, Teller Algier outscoring Bijan Robinson in championship weeks, like it it's just a mess out there. Um, yeah, Jonu Smith. I mean, you told people to buy him, and you know what? I mean, they're probably sending like 
fab dollars or a fourth yeah, for him, right, you know. Yes. But I mean, he was out producing Kyle Pitts like all season. Like, I mean, I think Kyle Pitts maybe took overtook him at the very end slightly. But I mean, yeah. goodness, man. And then like Drake London, come on. Like I love Drake London also as a prospect. And I think he still is Me a too. good football player. And I think there's still yep. potential there. But I mean, for what people were paying for him or drafting him at, um, complete bust, man. I mean, he was like a WR4 this year. Like it was yeah. bad. And I'll tell you, me, you, and Billy, the reason we felt this way is all three of us do one thing that not every analyst does. You know what that is? What is that? Avoid running backs? <laughs> no, projections. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's every right. Every year we do full projections, and it's painstaking. It takes me longer than I want it to. I wish I could do it faster, but you do them. And when I did the projections – for the team, I said, well, someone's going to suck here. I don't know who it is, but it ain't going to work out for everybody on this team. I don't know where it's going to happen, but the only way that it happens for all of them is if Desmond fucking Ritter is like Joe Burrow or something. You know what I mean? It's like unless Desmond Ritter is some sort of fucking crazy good quarterback that we didn't know was going to be good, and even then, actually, it was still kind of difficult because of the Arthur Smith factor – and the running proclivities of that coach and, you know, how much they run in neutral game script and how slow they play, et cetera, et cetera. There's just so much there that it was like, it was scary. And these weren't player takes. Certainly you saying sell Bijan Robinson when basically you were saying that at the time of our rookie drafts, you yep. weren't saying it before the season or during the season. You were saying it right then and there as it wasn't a player take. Because we had him as the 101. So we thought he was the best available player in the fucking world. But that doesn't mean that he's not – That that's the point, is that, that it's very unlikely that he holds on to that value. And people are like, no, he'll hold – he'll gain value. No, it's very unlikely that that happens. And so these are the types of edges that we can help people get because there's no doubt. And then when you do those projections, you know, that was later in the summer, I started to dislike Bijan even more and realize that – you know, it's, 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 it, I, I said it on the show too. It's like when you are on the one one do you know how much fun it is to just push the button for B. John Robinson? Like just literally the click of the mouse, how fun that is. That is so fun. Like it's awesome. Like you're like, one the draft has happened. All the friends, you're maybe texting people, call me on the phone and you're like, fucking B. John motherfucker. You know how much not fun it is to trade him for like a couple future firsts and like a third. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I moved to the 3.03 and I got two future firsts. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. You know what I mean? And then you end up with Sam Laporta and two future firsts. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's hard to do in the moment, but it's the right play. And it's so, so difficult to do. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, It's one of those things like you have to uh, kind of disconnect the emotion. And I've been doing that more and more. Uh, when I when I play and then when I make decisions, start to set decisions or projections or any of that stuff, right? So you got to really remove that emotion. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Well, speaking of emotion, I think some people are pretty emotional about a couple of the other flex players. I, I don't really have we, – we talked about, you know, super flex or another quarterback. I don't think there's any of those, but it'd be hard to to get through this exercise of duds and not mention Damian Pierce, huh? 
Yeah, I was, I was thinking about Damian Pierce as well, right? Because we, we mentioned Singletary a little bit ago, but yeah, Damian Pierce belongs in this conversation because we thought he was going to get workhorse volume on a, a defensive-minded team. So yeah, definitely Damian Pierce. Yeah. I mean, he got he got literally benched and like relegated to insignificance by fucking Devin Singletary. Yeah, that happened. That's crazy. Well, Chuck, I, one thing I want to do, and this is actually kind of fucking fun, is I want to talk about some of the quarterbacks, right? And and not just like, oh, I like this guy. He's good, man. Whatever. But also like, what's the situation? You know, is, is there any sort of ramifications from the quarterback situation? And what might some of these teams do? And and obviously, as we get to some of the the worst teams, we're gonna find some 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 open seats. Let's just say. But starting at the top, if we just go by record, right? Baltimore Ravens, obviously, we've got Lamar Jackson locked and loaded, baby. Uh, Lamar Jackson locked and loaded, right? All day. All day, baby. All day. So I think there, you know, the the questions I have in Baltimore or the, the thoughts I have in Baltimore is like, is Isaiah likely now earned himself, you know, two tight end? And does he earn himself a role next year? I think he has, man. It's like two seasons he where should. he's yeah. I think it's. I think he. I think he's earned a right, um, you know, for like consistent reps alongside yeah. Mark Andrews. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, they play enough two tight end sets as it is. Like I feel, I kind of felt like that was a possibility heading into the season. I didn't think it was <laughs> likely, but I did think it was possible heading into the season. But you know, of course, they spent some some capital with bringing in. Uh, Odell Beckham and drafting Zay Flowers. So I was like, okay, well, you know, they've got Bateman, who's certainly a question mark, although Bateman looked pretty good this year. I think kind of all these these players, like, you know, certainly Bateman, I think, is a buy. I think he showed himself as a, you know, healthy enough to get on the field, good enough to play pretty well. I think next year he could have, you know, a little bit more fantasy relevance. So I think likely and Bateman, you know, likely could be one of those guys you can buy on where it's like, dude, obviously fucking Andrews is coming back. You don't want likely anymore or whatever. You know, it could be one of those situations. San Francisco, Purdy is locked in. I mean, he's definitely the guy. Um, I don't think there's too much in San Francisco. Is there any any sort of burning questions? I mean, McCaffrey's back is, uh, yeah, I think they're just kind of locked in fucking play it forward after they win the Super Bowl this year, right? Yeah, pretty much. I think they're locked in, man. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Dallas, Dak is locked in for sure. You know, Dak, uh, maybe. By the way, is Purdy – are you now at the point where, like, Brock Purdy is like um, – like, let me give you this one. Tua or Purdy in Dynasty? Purdy. There it is. Okay, right? I'm, I'm going to give you something really spicy. I'm going to flip it on you. I know. Purdy, I know what you're going to do. Purdy or Lawrence? I know. It feels like Purdy, doesn't it? I, right now, like, I have Purdy ahead of Lawrence by one. Right now. Just why, right why now. Why wouldn't I mean, you? Why wouldn't, yeah, why wouldn't you? Team team yeah. situation, coaching, offensive scheme, play, production, consistency, everything. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Yeah, what, you want? what do you want me to say? Yeah. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? He's in that, he's in that tier for sure. He's in the Trevor Lawrence Tua here here's the one too is like kyler or those guys it's yep. another one yep. very yep. interesting throw anthony, yeah, throw, can, throw anthony richardson who hasn't really played that much in that conversation too while you're at it because right well, we'll get there i'm going to tell you where i have anthony richardson and you may or may not like it uh by the way 
um, Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts? Ooh, you know what? Right? Right? Wow. That like everybody's saying Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts. Jaylen. No, nah, no, it's not. Like, Maybe it's not Lamar that. Jackson. Lamar Jackson is better than. I mean, he's better. He's better than Jalen Hurts. I mean, as he's a better. as a player, overall player, he's better. Football player. He's better. better. He's better. 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 Book it. Um, Miami Dolphins. We just talked about Tua. He's back for sure. That team, you know, it's kind of like basically just. It's going to be, dude, Mostert, who knows, right? I mean, he's going to be like 33. I don't know, man. We'll see. I think it's A-Chain, Waddle, uh, Tyreek, and Tua, and like whatever else they decide to fucking do there. But, man, oh, man, that's going to be fun as hell next year. I think Jared Goff is locked in in Detroit, right? Jared Jared Goff is locked in, but I would go stash Hendon Hooker if you can. Yeah. Just stash him. That's like, a good call. If you can, stash. Right? stash. Yeah, because he had a quiet, no, not active season. Didn't do shit. You know, not even heard from. But you're right, man. It's possible that if he's any good, that he could see his way onto the field at some point in the next couple of years. Obviously, if Jared Goff gets hurt next year, I think Hendon Hooker will be readied as the backup. Good call. Um, is it possible Jamison Williams might be useful next year? Is he a buy low right now? Are we calling the bottom on him, or is this? Could it get worse? No, I think I think I would I would kick around and see what it is. I don't know if I'm willing to send like a a strong second for Jamison Williams right now by by itself, like an, you know just a naked swap, like you know Jamison for like a, a you know earlier mid second round pick. But I think he is a buy low right now. Yeah, yeah. How about how about Cleveland? Joe Flacco, Deshaun Watson, like. Joe Flacco is better than Deshaun Watson is a funny thing to uh, fall out of my mouth right now. Like I just said that. And it's like, nobody's like, what? They're all like, yeah, it's true. Like that's crazy. I never thought I'd say that in the the Lord's year of 2024. Yeah, it it is crazy. Although I do think that Watson might be a buy low at this point. He is a hundred percent a buy low at this point. Cause you know, yeah. For, people don't I have like him. Quarterback people, 50. Yeah, right. He's a, people hate him, and he hasn't done anything, and, 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 and. But yet, and he has a $250 million guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract. So he's going nowhere. He's going nowhere. He, he's he got to be the quarterback next year. It has to be, like, so fucked up, but it's true, right? Yeah, and you could do a lot worse at your QB2 or your Superflex yes. than Deshaun Watson. I'll tell you that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love this call. Yeah, definitely. Well, Philly, we talked about it. Jalen Hurts. They just need to get themselves some – well, they need a lot. They definitely need to get rid of their stupid – how the fuck – Philly, how do you guys bring in Matt Patricia? Like, haven't we reviewed this? Hasn't this been fucking discussed? Like, we talked about this. Like, the world knows. This guy's a fucking idiot. He's the guy who gave Nick Foles a fucking Super Bowl ring. Like, at the end of the day, that should be the only thing you need to know – as a Philly fucking team front office, like remember when he made Nick Foles beat Tom Brady head to head? Like, yeah, maybe we should not fucking let this guy run our defense. And then you let him run your defense. And then this past Sunday happens. Good riddance to you, Philly. You're out. Michael P. Duncan, eat it. Is that a little too strong? No, it might have been no. a little bit. It might have been a little bit for, you know, New Year's, but it is what okay. it is. Here's what it is. 
Uh, Kansas City, obviously, Mahomes is locked in. Any concern about Mahomes? No, more more worried about Kelsey, if anything. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, is, 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 is this the end, though? I mean, really, is this the end? Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Um, is it? Is it? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know what? Because he's not hurt, that's why I don't think right. it's like his body's not breaking down. So that's yeah. where I'm like, okay, it's not the end. But he's so distracted. I think he's, he's got so one distracted. more. He's so distracted right I know. now. Yeah. Good for him. Well, he's <laughs> he's not as explosive. The team's not as explosive. The offensive line isn't as good. The safeties can play up. Like, there's no speed threat. You know, obviously Tyreek Hill was an impact player on the team. That goes without saying. But, like, obviously what I'm saying is, like, you know, for for – for Kelsey, however good or not he was, a solid offensive line with a guy like Tyreek really, really changes the types of routes Kelsey can run and win because, you know, he can just – and then last year, I mean, you know, I was surprised he was as good as he was. I mean, he was just hyper-targeted and was really good. This year, you know, obviously it falls apart. You know what's crazy? Do you know what he was? Uh, you know what tight end he finished as? No, I don't. What did he finish I as? I think he's like the tight end one. <laughs> 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 I, I would have thought like maybe Sam Laporta t- overtook him. I thought Sam Laporta hey. overtook him. It's like, dude, it's like he's a tight end one. I'm sorry, yeah. He just, you know, is it over for? Him? Oh wow, oh, is it over? Guy finishes as the tight end one. We're asking if it's over. It's, I think it was, yeah, tight end one. And most, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah PPR, right PPR, there yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, wow, wow. <laughs> Is it over? Tight end two is what I see. But, it, like but sleepers, but, standard scoring. Okay, but whatever. But, okay, fine. But to be to be fair, right? To be fair, yeah. I mean, were most of those points like front loaded? Yeah, sure, whatever. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, you saw me trade for his ass in a. Thankfully, it was a zero dollar league. It was a fun <laughs> league. Yeah. That you beat me in the championship. But um, I traded for Kelsey during the fucking games, like at one o'clock. <laughs> literally, literally. Like the, the game starts at one twenty-five West Coast uh, time. Obviously, the best coast, um, not four twenty-five. Your side, you know, uh, one one o'clock. I literally trade for him and send my my one eleven. As it turned out, I was hoping I was sending the one twelve, but it was the one eleven I sent and one other pick for him, and he puts up nothing. Uh, I could have played anybody and still lost, but whatever. But I, I thought to myself, hey, the 111 is still fine because I think I get another year of – it's a super tight end premium too. I get one more year. I have Andrews, right? Yeah, I do. I have Andrews. So I have Andrews Kelsey next year. Like as a win now, fuck it. You know, it's okay. The 111 is a good price to pay for that. Um, but, yeah, he sucks so bad in championship week and really fell off so much that we start to wonder as to whether or not he's still got it. And it's a fair question. Um, I just think that, you know, if, if he's a tight end one or two and we're asking if he's done, I, I think that may be a little bit overstating. But it's definitely done as the tight end one in Dynasty. That's for sure. Yeah, you, you know, and it, that's fair, right? I mean, he did finish uh, tight end two in, in PPR yeah. this season. But I, th- I think the question really comes down to a couple of things for me, right? It's, you know, is he done, right? Like he scored 7.8, 9.4, 4.6 in the last three weeks of the fantasy yeah. season, right? The playoffs. Um, and then the thing with Kelsey is he's been the tight end one by like a football field 
right? Or yep. two, right? Against everybody. I, tight end two is like 100 points less than him. You know what I mean? Yep. Now you look at like the top t- top six tight ends of this season, they're all like within like, you know, 13 points, which is one point per yep. game, right? So yep. I think that's that's the more of the question is, okay, he's not done. Like, okay, he's like, he's cooked. But I mean, am I, am, are we going to really push the button on him super early and say, okay, he's a first round pick no. in like redraft and like dynasty no. is he a tight end one? Yeah. So I don't think that. So, yeah, no, I agree. I think he's probably going to be, that's a good question too. In redraft, he'll probably be like the tight end, like four or five. I think honestly, I really do. There's a good like, chance. I think you're going to see Laporta and like Hawkinson, maybe Andrews or whatever. Like, yeah, he's not necessarily going to always be the tight end one, you know, selected and redraft. I, I just don't think, I think probably Laporta, right? Yeah, I think it's the border. He finished. He finished as tight end one in PPR, just in normal normal setting. So I think he would. Yeah. end up there. Buffalo, Josh Allen locked in. Gabe Davis, man, oh man, what a fucking, what a what a bumpy ride for him. Josh Allen locked in. Diggs kind of locked in, but like getting older. This is a team that you know is going to be interesting to watch this off season. You know, because I don't know what they're going to do, but I think they're going to look for some weapons. I think James Cook made himself very very available for, you know, a pretty big year next year, don't you think? Yeah, James Cook, um he's going to he's going to get a, a heavy heavy workload next year, so I think it's looking good for him. Diggs, yeah, I mean, he's another one. I mean, not disappointed. Not really disappointed. You know, he still finished as a, you know, a WR1, right? WR9 PPR. But yep. really bad finish. I mean, just like yeah, like just just really bad and yeah, just non not like him. And um, but I do think he's another player that I want to target in the off season. I, I was thinking about him, Adams, and Cooper Cup today um, while I was taking a walk, just thinking about you know these three players in Dynasty and how they're going to be kind of kicked to the curb to an extent. I think um, just because they're they're getting, they're old and people are going to want to get off them. But I'll happily pick up those pieces. Yeah, totally. Uh, Jacksonville. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence kind of locked in, of course, still. I know there's going to be a lot of questions about Trevor Lawrence. For those reasons, I'm I'm a buy low on Trevor Lawrence. I think, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I think you can, you can probably pry away a Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, piece, especially in a super flex league where normally these quarterbacks are super expensive. I think you can do so for probably a, a much reduced price for Trevor Lawrence. Um, so good time to maybe consider buying him. I asked you pre-show if Stafford's retiring. You don't think so? I don't think so. Uh, I, ju- I just read that McVay said he's coming back next year. Uh, so I just have a feeling that they're going to kind of keep the band together. That's good news for all the weapons. Puka, Cup, Kyron. If Stafford can come back and play another healthy season, he is an exceptional, exceptional uh, thrower of the football. I mean, still has a lot of zip to all all parts of the field, downfield to the outside hash, like everywhere, wherever he puts the ball, it's 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 getting there fast. Um, he's got two exceptional, maybe top five or certainly with Cup, but maybe you could say Puka's in the top ten route runners in the NFL. I mean, these guys get open, they understand space, they're good against man, they're good against zone. Um, you know, Demarcus Robinson, uh, because of those two, showed some worth. I don't think it's going to be necessary, Demarcus, but. You know, if they can find a you know something with speed, Tutu looked good alongside those two guys. 
you know, I think whomever they decide to put as that wide receiver three, one of those two guys or someone else, if they can upgrade there just a little bit, boy, oh boy, that's going to be a ferocious offense. Matt Stafford may be a, a sort of a sort of a, a a win now buy piece right now. You could even buy on the fact that maybe he's going to retire and then steal him and 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 have him for next year. Uh, Indianapolis, we've got uh, Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew afforded himself very well, uh, sort of proving the point that I've, I've been saying all along that he should be a starter. We'll get to whether or not he should be a starter. I have Anthony Richardson as my quarterback five in Dynasty, ahead of C.J. Stroud, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert. I like him just behind Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, uh, Allen, and Mahomes. That's how high I have Mr. Anthony Richardson. So he's not in the conversation for me with Trevor Lawrence and Tua and Brock Purdy. He's ahead of that, and I think he's got huge, huge upside in that offense after a good year of drafting and Steichen and the whole thing. Healthy JT, Michael Pittman is a stud. I absolutely love Anthony Richardson for 2024. Yeah, I just I just can't get it that high on him, you know. He he definitely had the flashes, right? I mean, he was very explosive. Um more on the rushing side, right? Really feeling like a Justin Fields there. And the reason just makes me nervous is he was just getting banged up and then he got knocked out of the season, you know? It's like you know, and CJ Stroud, pocket passer, like traditional pocket passer, shredding up the NFL, uh, consistently putting out 300 point, uh, 300 yard games. Um, you know, setting his rookie rookie records as a quarterback. Uh, healthy comes out of the season healthy, like unscathed, and did so with Nico Collins and Tank Dell as his like best receivers. And I'm not saying that they're not they're not great receivers; they're they're solid receivers. Right. But I mean, it's not. You know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, he's throwing to. Um, so, or is it? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I, mean, no, I, I think, I think, I think Richardson is great. I think you're, you are high on him, but you know, we'll have to see what happens. So, let me ask you this Superflex startup. It goes, you know, Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, whatever, Lamar. And we are sitting at the 1.05. Is there is it Stroud easy for you? And if I say okay, Stroud goes five, we have one hundred six. I guess what I'm asking is what are what are you thinking right at that one hundred five, one hundred six? There is it those guys, or are you looking elsewhere? It's Stroud, and if not, I'm looking at like Dak, Burrow, Herbert. You know, I'm looking. I'm looking at those guys for me. Not um, Anthony Richardson. Not Anthony Richardson. And for me, so. it's. In that second, it's weird. It's like in that first tier, it's really like, like those elite Konami's, right? You got Josh Allen. I mean, Mahomes is not a Konami, but you know he's mobile, uh, and it's Mahomes. And then you got for me, it's like Hertz, Jackson, or Jackson Hertz, right? And that's like kind of my first yeah. tier. And then my second tier, kind of more of those traditional pocket passers. I do have Dak in there, and Dak's a little bit more mobile. Uh, Herbert's mobile too, but Stroud, Herbert, Burrow, Prescott, kind of in whatever order you want to say, that's my second tier. Uh, and then my third tier is like that Purdy, Lawrence, Murray, Tua, Richardson, which is I'm just not sure what I want to do with these guys. Like, do they go up or do they go down? So they're kind of in like my purgatory of a sense. Like, but that's yeah. the end of like my quarterback ones, right? That's 13 quarterbacks, but that's really my QB ones, right? So yeah. if you're in that list, like you're pretty good standing, but it's broken. That QB one, you know, I guess grouping is broken into three tiers. So that's kind of how I've organized my rankings right now. I think the guys that are most um, interesting in that discussion are the Justin Fields, 
Kyler Murray, Anthony Richardson because of the upside they possess. We'll get to those two here in a moment, but I, I do kind of agree with you that um, that Stroud is that guy. I don't have any issues. So if we were there at the 105 and we're splitting the difference, I'm okay taking Stroud. I would have no issue pushing the button for C.J. Stroud over Anthony Richardson. But I, I do think Anthony Richardson uh, has a potential Cam Newton season in him if he can stay healthy for the whole season. And, you know, you mentioned the health. It's like, I mean, are, are we really saying this kid who's like 6'4", 6'5", 245 pounds and built like he is is like brittle or anything? I, you know, I think it's just freak. I, 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 You know, look, anybody can get hurt on any play at the NFL, but I don't think he's injury prone. And if you're going to get an injury discount on Anthony Richardson, I say take it. Uh, the next team on the list is the Houston Texans with C.J. Stroud. Um, you know, I made a trade during the season. I traded a, a, a future first and T. Higgins for Tank Dell. Uh, no, for, for Nico Collins and Devon Aichin. So basically, you know, if you say I, I traded a late future first because it's a great team, late future first for A-Chain, and then I basically swapped Collins and Higgins, if you think that way. I, at the time, when I made the trade, thought I was giving up too much in in, in, a, in the difference between Higgins and Nico Collins. But if you look at, like, keep trade cut or even many rankings, including my, my very own right now, uh, you'll see that they're much closer together than they were before, especially given the fact that he's got a really good rapport with C.J. Stroud. What do you think about Nico Collins, and is he a top 24 dynasty wide receiver for us right now he's right on that cusp i have my 25 um and it's just because it's crowded at 24 above him right it's just it's just crowded there but he has jumped up quite a bit and yeah i mean you're right i think that that gap has trimmed down a lot you know uh between uh higgins and nico collins especially considering where nico collins was at the beginning of the year uh and where t t was uh, T's lost some value, I think, over the year. Uh, although he can gain it a lot back, depending on where he ends up in the off season. Uh, yeah. But then Nico Collins, like you said, the just the chemistry he has with CJ Stroud already, um, just incredible. Um, so I, I do think that that's a, a nice, exciting pairing to kind of look forward to. We get to our first team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, where the quarterback is question mark, right? The Kenny Pickett investment is not big enough for them to have to consider Kenny Pickett for 2024. They don't have to do that at all. Obviously, Mitch Trubisky is Mitch Trash Kansky or whatever. He's awful. Mason Rudolph has afforded himself well. I think he's probably one of the best 65 quarterbacks in the league. Probably should have a backup seat in the league. I don't think he's one of the top 30 players, and therefore I don't think he deserves a starting role. But he's, he's done pretty well. But that just means that Pittsburgh doesn't have one of the 35 best quarterbacks in the world on their roster, and I think they're going to look to do so. You know, it's like I guarantee you if they're trying to win football games, they'd rather have Joe Flacco than any of the shitbags they have there now. What do you think of how we should be looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers because they don't have a premium draft pick? I mean, might they be one of these teams that takes a – you know, a late first on, I mean, it just seems like such a misallocation of assets, but you know, on a, whatever these JJ McCarthy types or whatever, I don't know what, you know, whoever might be the guy that's available. 
Uh, maybe they can move up for Penix, although Penix just showed well in the bowl. He'd probably go in a lot sooner than they would like to see him go. I mean, I just wonder what they're going to do at the quarterback position, you know, because if they go out and get, even if it's Flacco or, you know, Minshew or whatever, I'm just naming guys, but like any guy like that, it's still kind of just lateral move anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do um, in Pittsburgh. It seems like a, a bit of a mess overall, not just quarterback, but every everywhere else. And if we're looking at what, what, what we're going to do with that situation, I'm probably avoiding anything to yeah. do with Pittsburgh right now. I mean, if I have players on, you know, like Najee or Jalen Warren or Pickens or Deontay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep them. I'm going to hold them. You know, I'm not going to do anything with it, but um, I'm not going to probably actively look to acquire them. A, the situation with the quarterback. B, all those players are named off have some type of ward that causes me like to avoid them. Pickens overhyped right now because of recency bias. Same with kind of Jalen Warren. I do like Jalen Warren. I just think he's like too expensive for like what he yeah. is. Um, yeah. Najee Harris, like I don't, I don't want any piece of him. It's like just wasted, you know, at this time. I mean, he, if you have him, you just you ride him, right? But I'm just not gonna go, uh, yeah. go, go acquire him. And Deontay, no, yeah, no, right? <laughs> yeah. Looks like Baker Mayfield probably earned himself season two in Tampa Bay. Is that what you think will happen? I mean, is is Baker Mayfield worth a buy right now? Yeah, I I I think so. But he kind of had a meltdown last week against the Saints. So, I know, I know. Like that's the one that like if you won that and they locked the playoffs up, like they they clinched, then it's yeah. like yeah, you, you should be sending an offers for Baker right now, right? Like don't wait, but. Now maybe 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 it's a good thing. Maybe this actually opens up the window for us to now yeah. go get Breaker. And I do think he's a he's a buy. Yeah, I mean he could be a top thirty-two player, and you know top. You know, in other words, I think when the when the I, he could be the Tampa Bay quarterback next year, and if he is, you could do worse. You know, you could as as a quarterback two three on your superflex roster again. You know, we're talking super flex. Obviously, whenever you're talking about buying Baker Mayfield, there's no other sentence that makes sense in unless it's a 12 man or more super flex league. Other than that, who gives a shit? Uh, speaking of who gives a shit, no, I'm joking. Jordan Love. Jordan Love, you know, he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers in 2024. And I don't even think there's really much of a question about it. You know, he was just good enough to secure that. They're eight and eight. So, like, you know, not great. But he's been prolific but erratic, just like I predicted, that I thought he might get prolific and erratic, and he's been that. He's got great weapons. You know, I mean, well, he's got one, Jaden Reed. Yeah. Jaden Reed might be a superstar. We called that motherfucker. We were all over Jaden Reed all the way all the way along. We've got so much Jaden Reed. Like, the only time I don't have Jaden Reed is when, like, you have Jaden Reed. Or, like, in my listener league and at home league, people know I like Jaden Reed. They snipe me on his ass. Like, I have Jaden Reed wherever someone didn't fucking trade up or take him at a spot where he shouldn't have been taken because I was taking Jaden Reed absolutely everywhere. Jaden Reed, let me ask you a question. Jaden Reed or Cooper Cup in Dynasty? Damn. Damn. Yeah. Someone offers you, you're holding Cooper, they offer you Jaden Reed straight up. I'm just taking Jaden Reed, man. Just take me it. Me too, baby. Just fuck it. Just take it. Yeah, dude. Just take Here's Jayden a tougher Reed. one. Here's a tougher one. J- this is fucking crazy. Jaden Reed or Drake London? Wow, man. Right? Wow. I I, I only want to say Drake London because like the prospect <laughs> hype, like the prospect profile, which is wrong though. Right? 
That's like wrong. It's, I think so. I think right? it's wrong. I think it's Jaden Reed. <sighs> wow. So here's a here's a better one, like you know where it's like it puts you to the test. Jaden Reed or Rashi Rice? Oh, Jaden Reed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, All right. Yeah. I, I like I like I like Rashi a little bit more. So I oh, mean, not, not more than not more than Jaden, but more than you. I guess I'm a uh, little closer. Oh no, you know like you, I, you know I, I you I, could make I, me feel funny about it. You know, I, I'd be I, like, I, oh maybe you're. Oh, oh, I didn't like Jaden. I didn't like Rashi Rice at all. Like at all. At all. And um. Yeah. I have not like wide receiver thirty ish right now. Yeah, like, I, I have yeah. him really high. Um, like I mean, so, like so, like so, like you're holding Devonte Adams. You're holding Devonte Adams, and someone says, "Hey, man, I'll, I'll send you Rashi for him." Uh, no. Can't See, do that. I, I might consider that. I I just wouldn't because, like I was saying, with the whole Devonte thing, like Devonte yeah. is probably my key target in Dynasty this year. Um, I love that. off season like and I'm gonna try to strike early because I know like like you said I think you hit it on the head earlier it's once any kind of rumblings kind of continue to go out there because it's not like I'm the only person that thinks that or heard that like you <laughs> right. know you have right. and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, it's like insider info yeah yeah, yeah yeah but it's it's very <laughs> but then it's it's one of those things we just think ahead of the market right the masses yes. we just want to act That's correct I just want to act before this other person did that's it that's right right yeah you you basically you, you know you see keep trade cut does this where like you see that it's almost like a stock price where their value is going to go up or down based off shit that happens. And in the off season it can move and they didn't play any games. It's just like information comes out and they, their price goes up. Well, that's what you're looking at. You're like, well, I would rather buy the guy whose price will go up and sell the guy whose price will go down. That's, you know, if they're equally valued today, but one's going to go down, one's going to go up. Let's swap those motherfuckers. And that's really what you're talking about, which is exactly right. One of the sneaky spots where a quarterback change could be imminent. We mentioned him in the duds is Seattle and Geno Smith. Is it possible Geno might be no longer the starter in 2024 for the Seahawks? Or you think they're just going to give him one more shot and see how it goes? I, that's kind of what I think will happen. What do you think? Yeah, I think they'll give him one more shot, but then I don't think they're going to be nervous about maybe adding a a quarterback somewhere in the draft. Like yeah. obviously they're not going to have yep. an early pick, but you know, taking a quarterback and developing. Yep. Um, I, I could see that for sure. I could see that for sure. For sure. I agree with that. Maybe even a free agent type player. Like mm-hmm. I haven't looked at the contracts yet. And it's not something I've done, but like, you know, you look at a guy like Jake Browning, I don't know what his situation is, but I think he's going to actually be um, a priority. I would make him a priority. If I'm running a team, like, you know, I'm the, the Patriots own, you know, if, like obviously we're gonna get a top pick, but like, you know, you're you you're without a quarterback. It's like, hey man, let's see. Like for especially Seattle, that'd be a perfect spot for Browning where he could, you know, hey, you were Gino and he's still young. If he's you know, maybe he can grow a little bit and Browning can make something of himself. I don't know, man. I think you could do a little worse than 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 adding a guy like that. There's there's a number of players like that, uh that 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 could find their way onto a roster. And then we get to the really interesting one, which is the New Orleans Saints who have uh, Derek, David, whatever their stupid names is, Carr, plus they have Jameis Winston, who Jameis, by all accounts, is the biggest fucking idiot and child in the NFL, which I love, by the way. I want to play all the time. But I don't know that if if I'm a multi-billion dollar owner with a multi-billion dollar franchise, I'd want Jameis and his antics, you know, fucking sowing my fate. And I think that's why he hasn't played because he's super talented. 
Um, but I'm not so so sure he gets a chair at the end of it all. What do you think about uh, the Saints and whatever car they have and uh, and Jameis? Yeah, Jameis is a free agent this year or now. Nice. Unrestricted free agent. Browning, I was nice. looking it up. I was looking it up while you're um you're talking about Browning. So Browning, the Bengals hold exclusive rights to him. So like they can probably mm. match or I think that's how it works. Uh Winston, yeah. uh yeah, he's he's a free agent now. So he's free to nice. free to go with any team. So he's gonna be on the market, man. And that mm. could be quite interesting on uh, if he ends somewhere else, because uh, obviously, like you said, the Saints aren't going to start him over Carr, uh, and they weren't never going to because they signed Carr. Um, right. But yeah, Carr, Carr was seems so, ah, oh, man, like, like just like what we expected. I guess what we expected, huh? Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, that situation is weird. I, they did draft, what, Jay Kaner? Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, would they, will they, will they <laughs> Maybe give him a shot? Shoot. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what yeah, yeah. yeah. Will they give him good. a shot? Will they give him a shot? Yeah. Is, he, is he someone just to kind of consider just having? I mean, I have him on a few rosters. I know he's on a lot of waiver wires. Um, yeah. Probably worth just And not a crazy him. pickup, actually, yeah, because, just, you know, he seems like he's fourth on the depth chart, but in a minute he could be second because – you know, Taysom feels like uh, a guy in the depth chart, but he's not really. He's just, yep. he's not, you know? So, yeah, he, he absolutely. And if you're betting against David, Derek, or any of the Carr brothers, not a bad bet to make. What about in Denver? Sounds like they're fucking going to release Russell Wilson at whatever time it is that they can release him where they lose the least mo- amount of money before the season. I think it's like post-July 1st or whatever, but sounds like at some point Russell Wilson is going to be kicked to the fucking – proverbial curb what do you think about that yeah he's gone <laughs> and, and and does he find a starting spot someplace i think he does i think he does right Atlanta Form, or something formal like that. super bowl champion russell Raiders. wilson i mean he had a yeah. good season this year i mean he did not have a bad season this year so um yeah i actually asked the question is russell wilson's value going to go up or down once he's released and huh. a lot of people were saying that his value is going to go down i'm like how's it going to go down like he's going to sign with another team, you know, yeah. I mean, most, I mean, most yeah. all likely he's going to sign with another team and he's going to be with a coach that doesn't hate his guts. Minnesota, right? Minnesota, I mean, there's a, Atlanta. There's a, there's a yeah. couple of spots. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So I think, uh, so Denver's going to be looking for a quarterback Pittsburgh? and I wonder what they do. Oh, Pittsburgh. Right. There you go. Right. So what does Denver do? What are they doing? They're not Stidham. They don't bring, have a pick. Bring bring Jameis to the mile high. Let's fucking go. <laughs> that would Marvin work. Mims to the moon. <laughs> right? Yeah. Fucking throw it away Winston, the fuck down Winston, there. Bro. Winston would unlock Marvin Mims, I think. For, <laughs> That's you know. a fact. Right? That's actually true. <laughs> right? It would either be a touchdown to Marvin Mims or a or- touchdown to whatever team they're playing. That's right. <laughs> touchdowns a touchdowns a flurry. Yeah. Yeah. Excessive amounts of fucking touchdowns, one way or the other. Motherfucker could go 40 for 40. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, Burrow comes back. Browning is currently browning himself. Um, uh, T. Higgins uh, is a free agent. His value is going to go up. Yeah, his value is going to skyrocket once he goes to a new team. Might as well buy T. Higgins today. Like, literally right now. Like, you know, Trojan horse trade. Like, you can't even... Make it seem like you're trying to get T. Higgins because they'll be like, "Wait, what? Why are you trying to get? Oh, free agent thing! Like, 
you got to be a little sneaky. You just, you know, some people are going to be hip to what you're doing. Most people will. If you're playing sharp leagues, they're going to be like, bro, don't do it. You're fucking embarrassing yourself. But it is worth a shot because he's going to sign someplace. His value is going to go up. So even if you have to make an on, uh, like an overpay today, might feel like an underpay in 10 months. That's all I'll say. More than likely, right? 100%. Yeah, I mean, more than likely. 80%. It's like he's going to be like in a better situation. Very, very hard for me to imagine that he signs like someplace where he's like, what? Why did he do that? What the fuck is he doing? You know what I mean? Like signs in Minnesota where it's like, what? You're behind Jefferson and Addison's there too. What are you doing? Like, you know, I just don't see something like that. So anyway, speaking of Minnesota, they're next. Cousins? Cousins? I think they're going to run it back with Cousins. Yeah. I think so. Why wouldn't they, dude? Right? Fucking love cousins right now. Like they've got to love cousins right now too, because Jaron Hall. What a fucking dumbass move they made. Wow, playing man. Jaron Hall, dude. He almost cost me. Fucking- he almost cost me so many championships because not throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson or any or anybody for that matter. But but someone I played in the final in the final had to start Jaron Hall in a superflex. Ooh, so uh, so he was projected to win until. Until he started Jaron Hall in the final. Oh, I think that 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 fourteen teamer. I think maybe that's where I played against. I played against Jaron Hall on a fucking championship for some money too, and I think that might have been the spot. And it was like, bro, not a good, not a good look for Jaron Hall as he was not doing anything. Let me see if that's right. No, I played Bryce Young in that league. That's the thing. It's like I won the ch- championship in that fourteen team deep. My my quarterbacks are Gardner Minshew and Jake Browning. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. <laughs> How good is that, right? Like that yep. just shows you that some leagues, like you can cobble together a, a, a championship squad. You know, obviously you're, you're never going to. That's why I like these deeper leagues because it does play to your like skill set. Whereas, like if you play in like a ten team start eight, like whatever, dude. It's like either you had the guy or you didn't have the guy. Like you had McCaffrey and fucking CD Lamb. Okay, great, you win, fine. But like. When you play in these deeper leagues, it's like, no, man. I was able to, like, Nico Collins. I had Devonta Adams in that team. He fucking went crazy this, you know, in the, in, in, uh, in the championship. So, yeah, it's fun. There you go. Anyway, that's the that's my two cents. So, um, okay, here's the big one. This is the big one. Big, big one. What would you do and what do you think they'll do? Justin Fields, Chicago. We run the team. What are we doing? Drafting uh, Caleb Williams, man. Yeah, I think so. What do you think they'll do? They're going to keep Fields. They're probably going to trade back. Totally agree. Totally agree with this take. Bingo. We didn't talk about this pre-show. What would I do? What should I do? I think that's exactly what they're going to do is the wrong thing. I draft Caleb Williams. I trade Justin Fields. And it hurts me to do that because you know how much I love Justin Fields. Like This isn't an I think Fields sucks. Like So what's interesting is like I find – that the conversation on Twitter is I like fields. I think he's good. Therefore I want to keep him or fields is not as good as everybody says he is. So therefore they should trade him and draft Caleb Williams. I actually think fields is better than people think he is, but I still think I would trade him, take Caleb Williams and go from there. But I don't think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Because you could still get, a really good you still get Caleb Williams and you get more picks and more players to build around Caleb Williams. Yes. On a rookie deal. Yeah. Right? 
Like, yeah, it just makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, it just makes more sense. Yeah, Dynasty Game Theory 101, I think that we agree on that. It's it's not an easy decision. Um, there's more to it than just that, but I think that that's the gist of it. I agree with you. But I do think they're going to keep Fields based on his play lately, which, dude, just for me and how I feel about this kid, I'm so happy that he's playing well because fuck everybody who hates him. Like, it really pisses me off because I think he's a bit better than people give him credit for. I don't think he's been coached up. I think he's definitely a flawed player. He's not like, oh, elite, but come on, man. The kid's fucking unbelievable. Like, one of the best athletes of all time at the quarterback position and playing pretty good throwing the football. Not elite at all. Just, like, kind of good. And that's good enough in this league to to be competitive, but not good enough to get you where you want to get. So I think they're going to have a hard time unless they really put a dope team around them. They're going to have to really put a great team around them. If they do that, they might have a chance to win it with Justin Fields. For those reasons, though, what does that mean? Is Justin Fields a buy right now? Because there may be some people thinking they're going to draft Caleb Williams and that Justin Fields could be on the outside looking in. But the way I see it is wherever he goes, he's going to be a starter in this league with a contract at some point here in the next year or two. Yes? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think that's a I think that's the right take there. So he's a buy, right? Yeah, he's a buy. Can they just trade him to Atlanta, please, and fucking fire uh you know Arthur Smith and like just let it be Fields, London, Pitts, Bijan, please, for me, please do this. <laughs> right. Can we do can we do that? Why can't we do that? Have you Why okay can't I have this? Have you Why okay can't I have it? this? And we go to Atlanta. Edmund Ritter, obviously coming back, right? Yeah, he's so back, man. They're they're in love with that guy. Here's the thing. Like now, like we get to the bottom, it's it's okay, Ritter, Atlanta, Garoppolo or Aiden O'Connell, Raiders. Obviously, Rogers will be back with the Jets. Giants with Daniel Jones, Titans with Levis, Chargers obviously bringing Herbert back. Commanders have questions. Cardinals likely that's an interesting one. Patriots need a quarterback. Carolina. So there's like one, two, three, four. There's a bunch of spots here where there's like some 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 spots for some quarterbacks to find new homes, whether that be through the draft. And we're gonna go through that real quickly. But like Atlanta, I think they need to sign someone. I think they need to do the Russell Wilson thing or something like that. That seems to make the most sense for Atlanta, doesn't it? Yep, I think so. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. Raiders, can they go with Aiden O'Connell? I don't think they no, can. They cannot. So what are they gonna do? Bring Jimmy G back? No. They can't do that either. They cannot they cannot bring Jimmy G back. What are they gonna do then, bro? Like are they they're gonna be what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, pick nine or some shit like that? Eight they or might, nine. They, they eight, might draft nine, a ten. quarterback. They might draft a quarterback. There? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I I'm see, sure I they'd love to. I could see that. Is that they, a they, panic they, spot? They might, yeah, they might just reach, if anything, too, right? Like, Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if Penix would reach that nine. I don't know because I, I just don't know the draft. Me neither. Me but, neither. But that's I'm just saying, like, Jaden yeah. Daniels yeah. probably doesn't get to nine or whatever. You know, yeah, like, obviously, yeah. I think they'd – if they if you told them right now, yeah, 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 you just have Jaden Daniels next year, they'd be like, all right, fine. Whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Okay, so cool, like, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we can, we can lock that in right now. Like, what, what button do we press, you know? So I think that is, like, pie in the sky, and, like, Penix could be like, oh, oh, okay, fine, 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 Penix, fine. Yeah, 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 fine. That that's right? so that like, that feels the Raider way, right? That feels like the Raider way. Yeah, I mean, or Jameis, 
Jameis. Jameson Black. That would be pretty cool. That would be cool. I mean, I could see Russell Wilson as a Raider for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. They, well, they at least have they at least have their their coach, right? I mean, you think they I mean, I think they should bring Pierce back. This motherfucker is like he's He's cool. I mean, yeah, he's cool. He's cool. Fuck it. What are they what are they looking for? Like if you're not looking for a guy that guys will go out and play hard for and like it's fine like that to me he seems like the guy i'd give the job to jets get aaron Rodgers. i think this is the resurgence of garrett wilson garrett wilson probably a buy at this point because i think he's a top four or five or six if you hate him dynasty wide receiver so go get garrett wilson while someone might be a little bit sour and wondering what's going to happen maybe too late yeah, I mean, Garrett Wilson put up 1,000 yards. With exactly. <laughs> it's like with Trevor Simeon and whoever throwing in the ball, Zach Wilson. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, Jets could have used a guy like Joe Flacco if ever they could get their hands on a guy like that. Or Mike White. If, imagine if someone like that could be on their team. If only. Anyway. If only. If only. <laughs> New York Giants. Daniel Jones, starter 2024, yes? Probably has to be. Didn't they Didn't yeah, they throw, they, a, bunch of, they throw yeah. a bunch of money at him? He has to be. Yeah. It has to be. Poor, poor Giants fans. They could have just franchise tagged him. Yeah, no, no. no Give him the big deal. It's better. <laughs> it's way better for everybody involved, especially Daniel Jones's agent. Uh, Tennessee Titans. Will Levis showed enough to be the starter yeah. on day one in 2024. True or false? True. True, right? Yeah. I think it's true. Yeah, true. Do they? They? They probably. I mean, because they're going to have a high pick too. The, Will the, they be tempted? I think they build around Will Levis. Okay, like take a tackle or something. Or yeah, I, I was gonna say take uh, build build a line, right? Because their, their line yeah. is pretty decimated now, right? They got old yeah. and fell apart. Yeah, yeah. So all right, we agree. Chargers, obviously Herbert. My gosh, Her, the, there's Herbert lovers and Herbert haters. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lover. Dubious. I'm a lo- lover, but I'm I'm about to become a hater possibly. Yeah, you're hurt. You've been hurt. Are you okay? I'm okay. You're, you know, you know what's funny is I have minimal exposure to him, but I, I've I've always chased more. But I'm yeah, not chasing. I'm not chasing anymore. No. That's for sure. No, like Herbert or Trevor Lawrence in Dynasty. I'll take Herbert. Herb, Herbert, Herbert. Yeah, I'll me too. Herbert. Yeah, I, I agree. By the way, but it's only like, because it's Lawrence, closer than it was. Yeah, you know? only because Lawrence just feels like such damaged goods, right? Right. It just yeah, he just sucks. <laughs> I don't think he sucks, but it's fun to say. It's like. Yeah, I think I think he's I think Trevor Lawrence is a buy low. And, and there was like there was the the meme that I kept posting like Lawrence wearing the McDonald's uniform with the McDonald's hat and the McDonald's oh, shirt, shit. right? Oh, and shit. I just and yeah. I just can't get that out of my head. Yeah, like the McDonald's Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. send that meme to your league where you want to trade for him and make the other owner <laughs> yes. feel real bad about owning him, and then send the trade value like a little like a couple weeks later. Yeah, it's gotta do. That's it. the that's the way to play it. That's, do it. This is Dynasty Game Theory One Hundred and One: Deep Dives, Edges. This is what we're. This is why we make the big bucks. This is why we're so good at this. This is the after hours. <laughs> this is the after hours. It's part actually of the literally show. a good. It's actually smart. It is. It's actually smart. It is. It is smart. Uh, commanders, commanders. They're gonna draft a quarterback. Or they want to draft. They, they, they are. They're in the two spot right now. Did you know this? Commanders in the two, two. Wow. Yeah, yeah they've locked up. Well, locked up as long as they lose, and they're gonna. I mean, Jesus, imagine. I mean, they know. have they have a new owner, so they're gonna take a quarterback. Yes. No, yeah. this is quarterback spot for them. Drake May or whatever. Yeah, the man. Two yeah. spot. Just take them. 
Yeah, just replace one North Carolina quarterback with the other. Oof, wow. Just go two North Carolina quarterbacks. That's so good. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. Yeah. So what happens to Sam Howell? Just back up. Sam Howell is such an interesting job. case study. Like, Yeah. Right? Wasn't he like yes. found money? Like, I mean, I was taking laughs. I'm like, I got this guy in the fourth round. Like, ha, ha, ha. This guy's like a yeah. QB5, top five quarterback. I'm laughing to yeah. the bank. And then all of a sudden, like, wait, he's not playing anymore? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't playing him ever on my dynasty teams because I had like, he was like my third or fourth best quarterback, if that, you know. So I never played him. So yeah. I never really noticed like what he was actually doing, you know, on my bench. Um, right. And then, and then, right. And then he actually yeah. got benched. I'm like, wait, I thought he was doing good. <laughs> Damn, I should have sold him when I when I when I had a chance. So yes, yeah, you I, definitely should have sold him. When I had a chance. I I think I was a little bit wrong about Sam Howell. I like. I feel like I was right, wrong, wrong, right, right again, wrong again about him. Like he's definitely a bit of an enigma. And I think, um, you know, I think he's going to bounce around the league. I mean, he's clearly talented enough. To I think he's. You know what he is. I know what he is. He's the perfect backup quarterback because he can come in and light fire. He's he's really in that Gardner Minshew fucking mold where it's like if he's taken over the team for four or five games, you're like, dude, we could win all these fucking games. Like we might lose them all, but we could win every one of them. We're going to be in every game. We're going to have a puncher's chance. You know, he he throws haymakers. He's 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 prolific enough where he can make some downfield throws. He's got some balls. But he's too erratic, takes too many sacks, not enough awareness, like not quite good enough, but kind of kind of prolific. He's an interesting player. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having him, you know, just kind of as a, you know, emergency quarterback on my on my dynasty team. Yeah, I like that take. Yeah, yeah. but I don't think he's going to be a starter no. come twenty twenty four. No, that's for sure. Absolutely not. Yeah, maybe maybe a couple like. You know, yeah, he yeah, yeah, he's gonna start. He he'll start some games. He'll start some games. <laughs> he'll earn like the first week or whatever. And that's like Drake May starting week two. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? yeah, exactly. Whatever, yeah. yeah, he'll start a couple of games, or if someone gets yeah. hurt, he'll come in and fill in a, a few spots, like you said. Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray feels like a buy yet again. Yeah, man. Uh, like you know, it's one of those you know, right? Then I'm wrong. Then I'm right, and then I'm wrong again, and. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, because I famously came on and we we did the Kyler Murray takedown. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and he came in and looks looks like you know he actually kept the team successful enough to obviously protect himself. And now makes it very interesting with what the Cardinals yes. might do and Kyler Murray's stock. So like before, I was saying, oh, his stock's going down, this and that. They're going to bring in Caleb, and now I'm like, well, what if they bring in Marvin? Right, right, that and then he got McBride, things. and you know that. Then it's starting to look like a fun team. Yeah, Marquise Brown, Marquise Brown, McBride, yeah. Michael Wilson, yeah, and fucking Marvin Harrison Jr. is a, that's real. Yeah, yeah, and then that's with, real stuff. While I'm while I'm there, I don't know if Michael Carter is a free agent, but um, go go pick him up if you can off the waiver, waiver wire if he's free. I mean, don't don't go trade for him, but Michael Carter, if you can. Adam, and if he's hmm. going to be a Cardinal next year, might be interesting. I don't know if he's going to be a Cardinal, but Michael Carter like just put a pin on that one. And somehow or another, I've been watching my New England Patriots kick ass year after year after year, and somehow I'm at the 31st best team in the NFL. And I finally, 
get to my fucking stupid, awful New England Patriots, who I heard Bill Simmons say they have the worst offensive skill positions in the entire fucking league. And you know what? He's right. They're awful. It's not they don't close. have anything. It's not close. Uh, quarterback, tight end, running back, wide receivers, they have the absolute stone worst skill positions in the NFL. And it fucking hurts my sensibilities. I don't know what to do about it. Their quarterbacks are awful. They played Bailey Zappi, who turned the ball over like five times in the first half, and they still almost beat excuse me, still almost beat the Bills. What the fuck? We need to get the trade with the Chicago Bears to move up and get Caleb Williams. Please, God, give us Caleb Williams. Do you think do you think Belichick's gonna be able to pull it off? Are he's gonna be around to pull it off? You know, Bill Simmons said something else. And I, you know, because I'm talking about the New England Patriots and my Boston sports teams, I'm allowed to bring up Bill Simmons from the ringer. The Boston sports guy. He was talking about how he wanted the um for Bill Belichick to stay, but not be the GM. And while that sounds good, I don't think there's any possible way that happens. Like, I just can't envision the conversation between Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick where he's like, yeah, dude, fucking 100% we're into you, but totally not into you the way that, you know, like, we're going to change the whole fucking thing. Like, I don't know how that, I just don't know how that conversation, like, I guess you could just be like, Bill, you're the best coach in the NFL, but you're one of the worst GMs. Like, do you, can you say that to him? I don't know how that comes across where it's not like, I don't know, man. I I just don't know how that's possible because I tend to agree with Bill in this regard that like if we can get Bill, Bill Belichick back, the coach, but not the GM, fuck yeah, bro, sign me up. But because he comes as a package deal, I just don't want him around because he's so bad as a GM that I'm just terrified of what he's going to do. Although you can't really screw up if they just trade up a fucking couple of picks to the pick one and grab yourself Caleb and move on from there. But I mean, we've heard that story before with, with Bryce young, but what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's, you know, your teams, I don't know too much about like the behind the scenes stuff, but yeah, man, it's, it's not the same, you know? And I don't know if he's just not in touch with like the, how the games change or what's, what's different. Right. But it's definitely different in new England. You can't just say, Oh, Brady's not there anymore. And that's, that's the reason. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. I just but, think, I yeah, just think look, Nick, I think it's this, man. You you know, it's like he's 70 fucking years old or something like that. Like, it's a, those are two huge jobs. You know, like, I don't know. Like, he took Curtis Strange or whatever. Is, no, not Curtis. Uh, what's the fucking is that? Is that his name? Whatever the strange fucking guard. I think it's, I think I'm mixing up with some guys. But, like, the, the he took a guard that was like, nobody had him as like, more than a fourth or fifth round pick and took him the first round. It's not that this guy, this, 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 um, this guard's a bad guard or whatever, but like, you don't understand value and like how to move. Like it just, it just shows he took this kicker. He's the worst kicker in the league at pick one twelve or some shit. Like what the fuck are we doing? You know, like these are just bad decisions on like without knowing anything. Like, why are we taking a kicker at one twelve? It turns out he's a bad kicker. So that's also fucking terrible, but like we're taking a guard that was projected to be in the, you know, after pick 100, we're taking him at pick 28 or whatever it is. It's like all these things are like, no, 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 don't do that at all. Never do those decisions. No matter, 
it's not a player evaluation. It's just that you're not capable of managing the value of your assets in that way and coach the team. I think he's still capable of coaching the team potentially, but I'm, I'm also dubious of that. I've been saying, I've been calling for him to go again, not because I don't love him as a coach, but because I just think that those two jobs and the, the power that he has amassed rightfully so over the years is hard to put back in the box and you know, put back in the package. And I think for those reasons, I think he he should go and we should try and get younger, rebuild, get Caleb a guy that he can grow with rather than like, oh, hey, when are you retiring, dude? Who's going to coach me this year? You know what I mean? It just feels like a bad match. And 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 for all those reasons, I would just love to see the the, the whole uh, organization take a, a, a you know restart. Yeah, I like that, man. I, I think you you put it very eloquently there. I, I think that yeah. uh, makes a lot of sense. Mac Jones sucks too, also on top of it. Um, but who knows how bad Mac Jones sucks or not? He's definitely got to go someplace else. He might find himself. He might be a buy low actually in, in Dynasty. I, I got to talking about my team, but I think Mac Jones could be a buy low. Um, is is last team Carolina Panthers, and we go home and we we call it a night. It's been a long one. It's fine. People love it. You missed last week's show. You get to listen to two full shows this week. God bless you guys. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Two hours. What the fuck am I crazy? Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young. Is he any good? I think, you know what? I think he is good. You know, like, I, I he had a bad rookie year, you know, and it's not all his fault, right? I think that, right. that franchise is a dumpster fire already. For sure. Right. So like the situation he's in is already bad, which yeah. does beg the question then, I mean, is he gonna be broken? Like are they breaking right. him permanently? Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah, Sam Darnold or Trevor Lawrence. But then we did see Trevor and there was an article in ESPN I was just reading about how there's like that kind of that corollary between Bryce Young's rookie year and Trevor Lawrence's and you know, can yeah. he make that second year leap and you know, all this and I think Trevor Lawrence had reached out to Bryce Young and they had some conversations. I don't think Bryce Young is bad. I think it's kind of product of my environment type a little bit there as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, he was sacked like 60 times. It's something crazy, like sacked six times in the last game and, you know, just no protection. Doesn't really have yeah. great weapons. I mean, they traded That's away DJ Moore, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you might be right. I think Bryce Young probably is a buy because I think people are definitely scared that he's just going to be a complete bust. And look, he might be, but I think as a as a quarterback too, somewhere in there, um, you know, God, the the trade that you know probably should have made at some point was the Sam Howell for Bryce Young during the season. I wish I would have had wow. that take. That would have been a strong take. Wow. It, no, because you could have done it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, you could have done it. I mean, you know, whatever. You had to add a third here. Yeah, it was yeah, basically yeah. you could have done it at even value at some point. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, missed that All one. All right, buddy, we did it. We talked about every team in the league. We fucking we sucked it dry. We did, we, man. Uh, we 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 jumped on Tony Pollard and Austin Eckler's dead corpse, and we did it. Yeah, man. Put a nice bow on twenty three. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, went yeah. went went back right. Covered some of our uh, good and bad takes, right? Um, yeah. You know, did a little bit of everything. That account, hashtag Reed. accountability. Um, we did it. Marvin Mims is he going to be good? Are we going to win the Marvin Mims one, or are we going to lose that one? Well, we'll win once, James. Winston has there. Uh, yes. Once he has there, 
Bookmark bookmark that take, right? Jameis Winston, Denver Broncos, Marvin Mims. Let's go. Wow. Let's fucking do it. (laughs) Let's do it. God bless you guys. Hey, thank you to everybody. This was a long show. I'm sure some of you are absolutely fiending for a long show. I know you guys like the long shows. We gave it to you. We went through 32 teams at the quarterback position. My God, that seems ridiculous to do on, in one show. We are absolutely lunatics. I love all of you guys. Everybody who's a listener, loyal listener, I am so grateful for you. I hope you love the show. Give me feedback. Even if you hate it, fucking tell me what you hate about the show. Tell me what you love about the show. You know, Tell Chalk how much you love him. Oh, any guests you want to see for the upcoming season for – um, we're going to have so many cool guests. I'm sure we're going to have JJ Zacharyson and, you know, John Lobb and Felix Sharp and Ray GQ and Scott Connor and all the, all the, all the great guests. I'm, I'm going to get Danny Kelly on the show. It's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to have, I'm going to try and get Matt Waldman again. I know there's just only so many shows. Zach Reed. I love, um, we're going to have a lot of, a lot of great guests. We're going to have a great, um, show that's going to uncover all of the prospects going forward. It's going to be prospect talk all season, all spring, all winter. I can't wait. I love you all. Thank you so much. Chalk, say goodbye. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for um, listening to Jackson and I go off for a couple hours. Um, you know, I hope everyone had a good holiday and you know starts off the new year with the bang. And best of luck to you in this offseason. Yeah. Love you, brother. All right, man. On behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, including a very, 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 very sad Philadelphia Eagles fan, Mr. Michael Pease for Philadelphia. Duncan, you have been joined by the Chalk. I am Jax Falcone, and we are out.